Are we recording? We've been recording this whole time. Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's real cool. Sis- you doing alright, man? I'm good. Alright, man. Uh, my name's Nathan. Uh, this is my friend Paul. Hey. Uh, we're uh, media enthusiasts, you know. We, we enjoy some media. And uh, we're going to talk about it. We enjoy it some of the time. You know, well, yeah. I mean... I, I think I still generally, just generally speaking, can say I enjoy media. But, you know, specific... Specifics, yeah. vary in their success at eliciting reactions or whatever. But. Like last time, when we were talking about a popular game. Oh, yeah? Game series. Oh, okay. We were, we were talking about game series last time. Um, are we talking about how each entry in The Walking Dead, different effect? Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I played Telltale as The Walking Dead Episode 4 around every corner. Just rolls right off the tongue. Mm-hmm. The whole title there. Um, it's okay. Alright. It feels more like we're each out there episode... The first episode was the origin part. Like, it was the beginning. Setting the stage, yeah. Getting everyone introduced, yeah. Whereas each other episode, I felt, stood really strongly in some way by itself. I feel like that it's like oh that was the one with this. I feel that this is the, the first episode that like it has to be with the fifth episode because it's leading up to the thing that happened. So the whole time it was whatever to me. Yeah, like I mean, it's kind of been generally considered like well, this is the worst one, and I have to agree with that. But it also has a really difficult job. Like it for me, like it's it's kind of dumb. It might be too specific, but. It is, it's a sports analogy, so get ready, because mm-hmm. this is obviously my field of expertise. You know, in volleyball, yep. you got to get, you gotta, the person sets, you know, set, sets the ball, just pushes it up in the air. This is a person setting the ball. Yeah, and the rad spike is about to happen, and the yeah. spike is what everyone gets excited about and cheers. Absolutely. That, that set guy, his job's important. So, Absolutely. If you yeah. look at this with the next episode as one cohesive unit, I think it'll be the best one overall. Like, the arc might be really satisfying, but yeah, we're kind of left in a weird middle chapter right now. Yeah, so, so that being said, I was kind of waiting for it to just be over. Right. Like, this one, you're like, alright, let's get to episode 5. Oh, okay, that's how you want to end it? Alright, I guess I'll wait a month or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I... More more specifically, though, I did have some issues with how much they leaned on action segments in this one. Yes, they leaned way too heavily on them. Like, everyone kind of got upset with the one in episode 3. I actually kind of liked it. I didn't but... like that one either. I don't like the action set pieces at all in this. Right. Like, specifically, there's basically kind of really fudged third-person shooter segments where right. you're literally aiming down sights and shooting stuff. Right. And, and it is so fudged. Like, I missed a dude by, like, a foot and a half, and it still counted as a kill. Like, they're, they're obviously just trying to kind of keep you moving through. There's some real UI issues I'm having with this series now as well that I found with this episode specifically. Like, the faster pace they want you to be, the less ideal it is? or Kind of. More the fact that, say, I have my gun as... For me, A on the controller. Yeah. And then when I pick something else up, it just became B. But since I'm trying to get to the gun like fast, I aim and push A, and then I die because I just try to use the wrench against a zombie instead of shooting in the head. I don't like when it changes what the 
button is for stuff when you pick up new stuff in the game. That really oh. bothers me. Especially okay, when yeah. they try to go for a faster paced thing. Yeah, this this one kind of definitely was going for faster paced segments. And for me, what that really, like, I didn't have that specific issue with, like, my inventory or whatever. But for me, like, I did have a few game overs. And that just really... Was one of them on the stairs around the end? Yeah. Yeah, like, that I was stupid. two of them were. And it, it's just like, like, I'd compare this game to more of a, like, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know what the split is exactly, but it's like 60% TV show, 40% video game or something. Like, it's point, not a video game in a lot of ways. It almost seems like they are trying to lean too heavily on action and getting people excited for the what's to come or what they had in this one. Yeah. And because of that, the whole explore exploration, that feel that Telltale games are good at, and the first two specifically were really good at, yeah. Seem to fall by the wayside because of well, it. Well, like, yeah, you're kind of nosing around the farm or looking for clues or whatever. And this one, like, there is that big mansion house or whatever. There's no I sense of discovery I, in it, though. Yeah, I felt like I was just supposed to kind of find the triggers so yeah. I could keep going. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to briefly go back to, like, the action things or whatever. Like, it's like watching a TV show, but then it just kind of, like, it's, it, like, whenever I get a game over in this game, it almost feels like more akin to, oh, the DVD is glitched up, than, oh, I did something wrong. You know? Like, it's I like, agree. It's, just, it's like, oh, it interrupted the story. It interrupted the thing. Like, I almost wish they didn't have Game Over screens and they just wrote alternate things. But yeah. that would obviously be really hard to do. But I'm just saying, like, no, you know, like, your actions do matter. You fucked up at this part, so now this person's dead now. This is a game where I definitely get the what-the-fuck-was-that moment more mm-hmm. like i don't mind saying that i messed up in a video game i mean super meat boy yeah like i kind of love it sometimes if a game is fair we'll get onto that later i'm assuming with some of the other games we've been playing absolutely but uh, um, i don't fair. get that feeling with this game at all i feel like if there is an issue with something i didn't want to happen it's mainly because the mechanics or something in the way the game plays forced my hand a certain way that I didn't agree with. Right. Like, and I, I, I've, I've done it before in this series. Like, I have no problems kind of going back and reloading if I feel like the game totally screwed up. Like, there was a, I think it was in episode one, there was a character death that happened because I didn't have the cursor in exactly the right place to hit A. Right. And that, like, kind, they kind well, of do that a few times not my or fault. two. You know, like, I had, I saw what was happening, and I made a decision. I just was not able to convey what my choice was to the game in time. And then so, I pushed A where the gun used to be, but now it's on B, so I failed. Yeah, which... There was know, one specific point in this episode that that actually happened, and I was angry. I was super mad about it. Right. And... Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, and just to, just like to talk vaguely around, obviously with these games they're very story driven or whatever, so you don't want to talk exactly about what happened at the end. But because this this game kind of fudges that line, or like that's I'm using fudge too much. I, I had a lot of fudge I think earlier this week, or no, it was chocolate juice. It was really good, so that's probably impacted my decision. Absolutely, um, it blurs that line between like TV show and game or whatever. So when a a like a authored event happens in a cutscene where it's like, no, this just happened. It's like, this time when this happened, like, bad consequences. You know, it just seems kind of arbitrary, because it's just like, well, 
in a video game, if I'm playing right, I shouldn't fail. So if my characters are predestined to fail in certain situations... Yeah, I know what you're talking about, specifically the idea that something happens at the end of this episode that it just means you're going to fail eventually. Or something, yeah, like, it's just like, the game's story has bad things set for the characters, and you're, there's no impact you could have I personally thought that felt cheap to me. Yeah, I, like, some people are like, oh man, this is setting up the most heart-wrenching stuff, and it's just like, no, it's kind of cheap. I don't it, like that. It totally is cheap. It would be a totally different story if you could avoid it somehow, and right. you mess up. Like, going into the last one, they can really... And presumably, like, I mean, it's been renewed for a new season, seems to be the consensus, because it's doing really well. They could have cleared the slate, you know? They could have had all sorts of gnarly stuff happen in the last bit, because it doesn't matter anymore. You don't need to think about continuity. Right, and then that outcome that's going to happen anyways, it could happen a variety of different ways by your own hand. So I hope the finale does have variety but they seem to have kind of narrowed it a lot at the end of this one to where it's like well there's only like two or three ways this could go so all right. we probably shouldn't talk any spoilers right yeah i don't think so okay like, so at the very very people to experience it like it's it's still an interesting experiment narrative stuff that's going on right now but at like, the very very end i told the guy on the radio to fuck off oh yeah or no i told him he's fucking dead I forget what I said. I think I literally just was like, who is this? Or something. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's kind of a boring question. That's like, a good lead in. Yeah. Yeah. Who is this? Who, who am I talking to on this phone? Doesn't matter. Go murder. And my lead really became more self-centered as per what I've been doing with the other episodes. Oh, okay. He's basically telling everybody to fuck off now, unless it somehow benefits him and Clementine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Weird Return of the Jedi quote was in there. Which one? I didn't catch it. Uh, okay, so there's an exchange between Lando Calrissian and Han Solo in Return of the Jedi where it's like, I have your promise. Not a scratch. When he borrows the Falcon. Yeah. That like, Molly literally says that. And it's just such a weird sentence that as oh. soon as it happened, I was like... Oh, about her stupid um hook, her rock climbing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her grapple hooker, I forget. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I. I, I think it is just called like a climbing pick. Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh, what yeah, you... yeah, the ice axe thing or whatever. I, yeah, I had to think back. I don't know if I really cared for Molly at all. She's apparently really strong because uh, giant bombs. Ryan Davis pointed out car batteries are fucking heavy. They are heavy. So They're super you heavy. Just, like toss that in a backpack and run up a building or whatever. Like that's ridiculous, but. Oh, well, I guess... Maybe, maybe it's just because she was introduced in an episode right before the finale. So yeah. they weren't able... I haven't had enough time to really give a shit about her. So maybe that's it, but I just don't. It's kind of... Yeah, I, fair enough. I, I'm just thinking, like, this episodic structure is kind of... Kind of weird. Like, I almost wish they could have just set aside a bunch of time and really polished up something. Yeah. You know, like I mean, the Telltale model has always been this like episode. a nice, yeah, but a nice ten-hour game fine. with a whole bunch of different tree like lines out mm-hmm. to different things would be amazing. Although at the same time, maybe it benefits from from kind of being a little slice of this kind of really not invested gameplay once every so often. Possibly opposed- because I don't think I could see myself playing even two episodes back to back. Right, you just be like, all right, I'm kind of tired of this, but like. 
some games do have kind of natural episodic breaks in them, like L.A. Noir springs to mind. Like, you finish a case, and it's just kind of like, all right. Any one I, of them with acts, really. Any what? Any game with an act, like with a hard end to an act, really. Yeah. Like, Alan Wake also had really distinct chapter breaks. Yeah. Where you could feel comfortable kind of being like, all right, and I'll wait for next time. I'll, I'll put this down for a bit. Like, maybe if they could look up to something like that. Just because, like, I was listening to... um. Sean Vanneman and Jake Rockin talk a bit on their podcast, Idle Thumbs, about working on this thing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they don't really get to incorporate a lot of the audience feedback into the game. Well, because they're doing a turnaround time of, like, a month. Right. So, like, all the stats and stuff you see at the end of each one, it's more just like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, and, like, that can kind of influence how they write a little bit like in terms of like well only three percent of people or whatever are going to see this but you know what i still want to make it special for them so they'll kind of throw some custom dialogue in there or whatever but generally speaking like all the big things are already mapped out you can't change that i feel kind of ripped off with this episode as well oh really because the way a lot of people have been talking about it they keep telling gary he's a bad man and that they were so sad or something Mm-hmm. I this is the first time I had pretty much no emotion at all in the yeah, episode. I, I'm, like I mean, I think I actually had one moment earlier in the episode where I like I ho- I hope I could change that choice, but I don't know. Oh wait, no, I killed someone that was pissing me off, and I felt really happy about that. Oh, okay. Whereas like I lost a side character that I actually kind of liked, and I wasn't sure if that was because of what I did or just we might be talking about the same person. Uh, the, the, the Charlie. Oh, no. Yeah, I lost him, too, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, all right, that's shitty. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and he was, was only there for ten minutes. In this episode. And yeah. the last one, so twenty total. Right. I, well, like, he comes in later in that episode, but I kind of liked the... I, I kind of liked just the... I still love the dynamic that this kind of post-apocalypse does, where it kind of puts everyone back on the same level. So it's just like, homeless guy prisoner rich socialite they're all the same now it doesn't matter i guess a big issue i'm having is that each episode they've been introducing new characters instead of growing the ones they have and it's just like omid and whatever his wife or girlfriend yeah what's what's the point of them they're just more people you ran into on the road i don't know they i honestly don't think they should have even been there (sighs) yeah i i'm not I'm, you know, like those, those are creative decisions that they obviously made a while ago, but I'm not sure really what they were going for with that. Like, I like the tight crew that evolves. Yeah. I mean, every, every aspect of this series, I guess, does do, like, does add new characters. Like, in the show this past season, we've got some new guys already. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That does seem like a bit of a, it's not, it's not what I'd prefer personally, maybe, but I'm not sure how much that ruins the experience or damages it, but I don't know. Yeah, it's still, it's still an interesting game, but this, this episode was definitely a bit less, less interesting. Mm-hmm. So, which is too bad, because, like, I was kind of inherently looking forward to it. A bit if you more. do look at it as the, the prequel to what's to come, though. Yeah. It's it it's fine. It's totally serviceable for what it's yeah, it there for. It serves its purpose. But yeah. there's no real moment in this one I'd pin like that was pretty crazy, huh? It's just like, eh, I don't know. At like at the worst I could probably say the only reason I would suggest someone play this is if they want to see the end of this game. Mm-hmm. The next episode. Otherwise I wouldn't 
even suggest playing it. I would... Although generally, like, you should play all of it if you're going to play it. Yeah, exactly, but that's the thing. Like, if someone had the option where they could just watch a video of this and then play the last episode, I'd probably just do that. I didn't have very much fun with this one at all. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to really... None of the... The stuff that happens in this episode doesn't really seem cohesive for what's about to happen yet, maybe. But it just seemed like a bunch of random stuff that was happening. And I like don't like they're, that. They're in this city or whatever. They're in this city and then there's this thing that could happen and then you're looking for a boat and then you're in the sewer and then like it's just stupid. It's less focused. Yeah, like each each other one so far has had kind of a set piece or whatever, right? Like it's just like Yeah. This one's about a farm. This one's about a train. This one's, you know, well like the intro is kind of just about Lee and the characters, but where where do they really end off? I guess the store maybe become the whole thing of, with Macon, yeah. Like Macon specifically his hometown and stuff. And yeah, this one's just kind of like I don't know, it's some coastal town and junk happens. I guess the school maybe It's almost like they're even saying, We know, just get through it. The good stuff's coming. Hmm. Alright. Maybe I'm being a little too mean about it, but I just I felt like it was a time sink more than it was doing anything to fulfill my need for more Walking Dead. Yeah, like, I went into it with a lot of excitement, and then, like, about an hour or 90 minutes in, I was just like, is anything good gonna happen? Because... In a way, is that our fault? Like, they kind of like, they kind of painted themselves into a corner because we've seen them do some really good stuff in three episodes already. Yeah. So, is well, it I don't know. Like, weird that we expect of... more? Well, like, they, their trailer at the end of three did kind of make it seem like some big stuff was going to happen. That and never did. Kind of did. Yeah, it's like, what's with this radio? What's going to happen? Uh, stay tuned for episode five. You almost you know? feel bamboozled into it. Yeah, a little bit maybe. That might be a little too harsh though. I don't know. Like you know, I think this problem, like what we're experiencing right now, won't even matter once episode five is out. No. Like. Like, this will be a forgotten, like, remember that brief time in 2012 when people were bummed out before episode 5 came out? Yeah, it was weird. I know, I know this is probably a weird thing to ask with, since I could ask him myself. Mm -hmm. What did Sean think of it? Uh, Sean uh, kind of was in the same boat where he, it was the least favorite of the five. See, that's weird, because, like, I know we were all excited to see what Gary Widow would provide. Yeah. Specifically, I know that was a huge thing for him. I think he might have been a little like we I you're like you're being more harsh than I was or he was in our conversation, but um I think we both kind of felt a little bit disappointed, but not you know it, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that good either. But yeah, no, definitely the weakest link. But when it's The Walking Dead and it's not yeah. that good, that's bad for me anyway. Okay, like I, my, that's where like, I'm my from. general bar on this series is a little lower than a lot of people's it seems like i've yet to really have any emotional moments at all right like i see where they're supposed to be happening but i just still don't really get attached to characters that quickly maybe i don't know my big one was when what's her name got shot what's her name yeah that was that was pretty rough i can't i honestly can't remember her name otherwise i would say it yeah see i don't remember her name either she gets shot by that bitch it's between doug and her Oh, yeah. That could save. Whereas I, I was kind of, in my latest DC playthrough, I was more 
in like more gravitating towards crazy ladies. Man, what's her name? Lord, Lord. Like I'm thinking of the show now. I'm confusing it. I know. I know. I'm having that problem too. Yeah. Sorry. Um. You know that grumpy guy's daughter? Yeah. Larry. Larry's daughter. I was I was kind of trying to side with them a bit. She's actually a character in the comics, if I remember correctly, too. Really? Just a very minor one, like the daughter of this person. Oh, I don't. Okay, Sean. Sean's more versed in the comics, and he seemed to be under the impression the only tie so far has been Glenn in episode one. Right. But, But I can't. I can't speak on that. I've read like two issues of it. But yeah. Not that I didn't like it. It was just. I was gonna cool. say, did you love it? I, it was fine. It was a cop and whatever. It was about Rick, so yeah. You know, it was about cool. Rick. It's about Rick. Good old Rick. Rick Grimes. <laughs> Who cares about that? I was trying to transition earlier to this because I thought we were on a different line. What did you think of Hotline Miami? It's good. How much have you played? All of it. I've beaten it and played most of it again. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, did you collect the tiles and stuff? No. Okay, because some people really don't like that that's a thing. I'm, I don't... It's, I, a, I just, it's not a big issue for me. Whatever. Okay. Like, I just wanted to do everything, so I did that, and then it does actually impact the ending, which some people have weird issues with. Oh, weird. Well. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's an, technically an alternate way that the ending goes. But okay. Barely, but yeah. I'll probably do that then. Um, generally, like, how do you feel about the combat flow and stuff? I'm stuff? torn with that game because okay. it's the same problem I have with a lot of indie games. People mm-hmm. can say whatever they want about AAA big blockbuster companies and titles. Yeah, those dudes actually know how to release a game that works usually. <laughs> yeah, Hotline yeah. Miami, I've had nothing but issues with to the point where I've uninstalled it on every each computer I have. Multiple times, got it working finally on my laptop, but it was slow because my laptop's a piece of garbage. And then I had to actually go in and edit some files to get it to work on my desktop PC. It's coded like trash, apparently, because it doesn't work. After I got uh, it working, it was fine. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just one of those things where it was a little bittersweet because I had to do so much work to get it to work. And then after right. that, you're almost like, well, do I even care now? The answer like that is level yes. The polish you're used to isn't there, so it's just, yeah. It it totally should have had more QA time or whatever. Like, I'm not going to defend it for that. Like, I'm trying to think what issues I had. For me, it was, like, the very first version I had, Um, the controller support wasn't working. Like, it just was basically a joke at that time. It just backed yeah. right out of the game. Yeah. Um, After that... There was, I'm trying to think if I really had it, oh, dude, no, whatever, like, see, like, I liked it so much, I'm kind of just glossing over a bunch of stuff, that game, like, hard crashed on me, like, four times. Yeah. So, I will say it never hard crashed on me. Okay. So that, I guess, a good thing for me? Oh, it would do this thing where, like, like, a scripting error would happen and this box would come up in the game. Um, especially if I had to replay a level like more than five or six times, mm-hmm. it would just start doing that more and more. And yeah, then it would just kind of either freak out or just kind of act weird after that. You know, um, it's also but- something I noticed that just with indie games in general, yeah, it's it's weird that such low quality some of the games that people release are mm-hmm. g- are going to be these huge files like almost ten gigs or something. 
Yeah. Yet somehow they're able to get Skyrim on one DVD. Mm-hmm. I'm just it was like 130 megs or something, wasn't it? This one specifically, I'm talking about the whole thing with indie games in general. I'm getting a little annoyed that more attention isn't putting being put into the technical aspect as oh, like optimizing it, like as really... I think they could do. I guess, and I think Hotline Miami was just kind of the pinnacle, the point, the breaking point for me of that, just because of all the crap I had to go through to get it to work, and the fact that the support is really kind of shitty for it. It's just literally Cactus responding to dudes with problems in the Steam forum. Yeah, I don't know. It's irritating, but anyways, I got it to work. Small team, like he he replied personally to me on Twitter too with an issue I was having with my. I got a grade on a level you're not supposed to have a grade on, mm-hmm. which was a really weird thing. I guess that like I like I was there day one for the game, so I was running into a lot more issues that have since been ironed out. But right, yeah, I think I'm like, at the point where a small team is no longer going to cut it for me though. Quality, oh. quality. It doesn't matter if you have a bunch of people or two people working on it. Don't release something that doesn't even work half the time. These achievements were working for you. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, they didn't really pop up, but it doesn't. The achievements don't matter to me. I guess to just move on a little bit more. Game's yeah. good. Uh, it makes you feel like a horrible person, though. Yeah. And I am totally okay with that. Yeah, I like it when it does that. It's know. and it's weird because I played Spec Ops of the Line to completion. This, yeah, that's actually an interesting pair of games to play in the same week because they are. I played them in the same twenty-four hours. That's rad. Because, yeah, those those two this year have been coming up in conversation as, like, self-aware games that at least acknowledge they're violent. And so, see, the weird thing is where Hotline Miami is almost like the drug pusher that you don't want to listen to but want the drug. Yeah. And Spec Ops to the Line is the AA meeting after that makes you want to drink. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. the, the way Spec yeah. Ops to the Line gets their message across is kind of by beating you into it. Hotline Miami eases you into it. Right, like, Spec Ops kind of tricks you, whereas Hotline Miami is pretty upfront. It's just like, you, you want to murder people, right? we got a murder club going In on. that respect, I think Spec Ops is kind of a little more sinister in the way they present it, because they literally do just straight-out trick you. Yeah. Hotline Miami just brings up right in front. I think it's actually the... Th- the second time you meet the group of three, yeah, and the guy is saying you like hurting people or whatever, yeah, do you like to hurt people? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you slaughter a building full of people. So yeah, like yeah, it's it's, it's more kind of honest about it, I thought, than most games. It are. It really is a weird kind of dichotomy of video game violence you get with those two, and the fact that I was able to play them, and I literally put down Spec Ops the line went on the computer right after doing it, played Hotline Miami to completion, and then finished Spec Ops line right after that. Oh, right, because you, you were playing on normal mode, so you kind of ran into... Did you run into a bit of a difficulty wall, or...? Uh, let's get into Spec Ops line quickly, then. So Hotline okay. Miami's good. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, 8 out of 10. Okay. It, it lost two marks just straight because technical of problems. technical problems. In fact, okay. I'm, like, even 7, maybe. Just the fact that I couldn't get it running for a week after I had bought it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I, I do want to have a specific conversation about the narrative, maybe, but I don't know if it's too early for that or whatever, but... Anyway, oh, we okay. could do that, but... Yeah, okay. So, Spec Ops to the Line, 
is the most generic third-person shooter military game I have ever seen in my life. The really? way the way it's presented. Okay, like I mean, I've played some of those before, so it it's pretty stare like stagnant in a lot of ways. But I still oh whatever, I'll let you continue. I'm not talking about the story or anything like that. I'm talking about just the gameplay. Okay, it's just like moving the- into a room, taking cover, taking care of way too many guys. Oh, okay. And then moving on. It just it definitely that it, gameplay it, gets boring to me really quickly. More than most games, yeah, it seemed to hide the fact that it was basically a beat 'em up in structure worse than other games. Where you enter an area and it's just like there are this number of dudes, you need to kill them all before an arrow appears, basically. Well the most annoying thing is you walk through a hall, say, and then yeah. you see this next area and the right in front of you is obvious it's cover. Up. You know yeah. that you're going to be in a 20 minute firefight. Yeah, which. And that yeah. gameplay gets really old really quickly. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. The only reason why I bothered finishing this game is because I wanted to see the thing that happens. Otherwise, I would have put it down had I not known that there was something going on with it. For you know what, same same here. Like I going back, I was pretty excited about this game. Like, I had a pre-order and everything, because Greg Sobin was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I canceled that pre-order once I heard the verdict was kind of mixed. But then as more kind of general buzzing happened about the storyline, I was like, alright, I'll, I'll give this a look anyway. Because apparently it's more interesting than the demo I played. The it's fact not- that it starts off with a turret sequence is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Very... It's just kind of airing out its dirty laundry right up front, saying, yep, we're that type of game, so get used to that. Specifically, the fact that it opened with that seemed stupid, because it, it's like a... That part had... Out, out that... of sync with the... It's not chronological, it's just like, let's open with a bang, we got this helicopter fight, and you're just like, why? Can, why? can we talk spoilers just for a second? The game did come out some months ago, so... Okay, so I'm going to say spoilers for Spec Ops Line roughly next five minutes, so skip ahead five minutes. I'm not going to tag this, because it's not that important. Okay, okay. Um, it I found it... When it starts off with that, and then it goes back, and then you lead up to that point again... Yeah. I was under the impression they were going to go with this. The aircraft, the helicopter crashed, and you were laying there dead ala jacob's ladder style the whole time and this was playing out in your head oh like post that point it was actually like a coma as you died or something right okay but they didn't go that way that would so, have better justified the weird which is why i find it it that helicopter battle thing is literally just a thing that happens yeah and it's just kind of weird that they focus on that for the start point I, th- I think it must have just been kind of like big budget game mentality, like open with your set piece, like Uncharted kind of thing. For what they were trying to accomplish, I think it would have been more poignant if they had gone directly from nothing happening at the beginning, yeah, and then things slowly getting real fucked up as you go. Right. And not like, everything mean, getting fucked up in the last act. Right. Like for they make a bunch of Apocalypse Now illusions and it's being compared to that a lot in writing and stuff. And like imagine that movie just opened with him covered in the like ash or whatever and blood and it's just like, No, we're not supposed to know how bad this goes yet. No, we're it's supposed you're, to start... it's like the shark and jaws. You're not supposed to see how bad shit gets until the very end. Right, like I mean, 
it, that opens with Martin Sheen's character like already really mentally frazzled and freaking out, but it's analogous to what happens on his journey up the river or whatever. It's not literally a sequence from later in the movie. Yeah. Like, it would just kind of ruin the buildup. Yeah, it's supposed to have weird descent into madness, but then they show you kind of mid-madness and then take you back. I think the descent should have been more gradual or more apparent. I don't... I can't tell if there was some madness, descent, yeetness, or whatever, yeah. early on, because mm-hmm. it, it might have been too subtle. There is one part uh, in specific where there's two guys hanging and you can choose to just kind of ignore it or shoot one of them. Yeah. And apparently that is just a thing with dead guys that you're seeing in your head. Uh-huh. You find out at the end that yeah. that's not subtlety. That, just, yeah, that one kind of slaps in your face. Like, very Fight Club type twist at the end, too. Like, overtly. Kinda. Well, it, it uh, almost seems like they went one with the way they did it. It seems like they were going one way with the story and then decided, no, we can make this an art piece and then retroactively changed things with the ending. And I, that, I'm not a fan of that. I don't know if that's necessarily think, a true I statement because more... I will not replay that game. Okay. Yeah. Oh, to see how it plays out. Yeah, no. Um, I think that the moral questions were more inherent in that whole project like it's kind of like people are still praising this game is like even though even with its flaws like this is kind of crazy that this exists because it's kind of a big budget third person shooter but yet for the audience it was reaching it's definitely a step in the right direction i think like it's like specifically there's a level that echoes the call of duty 4 mission where you're kind of just blowing up dudes from area like that plane and it's really distant and kind of cold but at the same time, it doesn't really care. Like, it doesn't ask questions about what you just did. Are you talking about Phosphorus? Yeah, like, I mean, the version of it in this game is the Phosphorus level. But, like, you're basically doing uh, mortar attacks. Right, but the important thing is you got to see the after effects. Right, and I actually did like in that sequence how your face is reflected in the screen. I thought that was just a neat visual way of kind of tying that moment to a character instead of distancing you from it. Yeah. Like, there were thoughtful things in the game, but, uh, sorry, I just want to, there was one other issue I had that I, I was trying to remember where I was going. Um, yeah, sort of responsible Call of Duty, but not still amazing at doing that. because no, at least Call I, of Duty, when you get down to gameplay, it's still solid. I didn't feel some of this game was solid. The aiming is terrible. Okay, I, I was playing on easy because I was under the impression it was pretty balanced difficulty-wise. So it is completely unbalanced. It's weird because it's like the first four chapters or whatever are fine, yeah. and then there's yeah. a brick wall right away. And then once you pass that, the next two are fine, then another brick wall, then one is fine, and then it gets hard again, and then the ending is easy. Oh, you had you were fine with the ending? I had... Like, I Wait, want to on easy mode. It depends what you consider the ending. Do you consider it the... Where all the turrets thing. were. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that was the part I had issues with. I had issues with that part, but then as soon as you get past the turrets, everything after that is completely easy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, let me let me just try to think through what I was... Trying to... Oh, yeah, oh, moral choice, right. There was one sequence that really kind of deflated that to me early on. Like, you said, like, the bit where you choose whether or not to shoot those soldiers. There was one earlier where you're supposed to choose to save some civilians or a commander. Yes. 
it was basically you're following orders and saving the commander, or mm-hmm. you do the right thing and save civilians from being executed. Right. Whereas, like, like so what I did in that sequence was, like, personally speaking, this is maybe a little too transparent or whatever, I really don't like how militaries work in terms of, like, there are commanding dudes. And I saved the people as well. Well, okay, but the way I did it was I accidentally walked the same way to save the commander or whatever. Like, I, I didn't... You I jumped didn't, down instead of walking the back I way. I jumped down, and then I was like, oh, shit, I didn't want to do that. So I personally shot the commander because I don't give a fuck. I didn't care. So yeah. I shot him because I don't care. Yeah. And then the game was like, game over, you failed. And Wait, right there, that's not I was right. like... I was just like, why doesn't the game just kind of make, uh, like, just be like, okay, the commander's dead now. Like, it just doesn't, and move on. Like, why is there a fail state at an optional choice? And know? why were there three of you and three guys holding the commander hostage? You all have silencers. You couldn't take three guys out silently and then save the other guys? I guess there's narrative problems with that choice, too. But, like, it just, it felt, like, way too binary for what I wanted to do. Like, I was just like, oh, whatever, blam, there, he's dead now. Now they won't have issues, like, now they won't be compelled to start shooting hostages, and then I can go do well, that. Well, it's funny you say that, because the the way they, there's two moral quandaries in this game, the one you outlined just now, yeah, and the one I was talking about. Basically, the other one I'm talking about is two guys are hanging, one guy is accused of stealing water, most likely for his family, it's a capital punishment and the other guy when trying to arrest the guy killed his whole family right so you have to decide if one of them lives which one or you can choose to ignore it or whatever right my biggest problem is both of these moral dilemmas they don't specifically outline how to choose whichever one like you said you accidentally jumped down to save the commander when you didn't mean to and when you're deciding between those two guys, he, he simply says the one on the left and the one on the right, and you don't know which one he's talking about. Oh, like, it's not like, the one on the left is the military guy, the one on the right is the water-stealing guy. They no. do that, but you don't know what point of view they're talking from. Oh, okay, like your left or his left? Yeah, exactly. Left. Like it's just oh, kind of. Oh, I didn't of, even think about that. It's just kind I of just, open. I'm assuming it's from hit the your left and right. Yeah, I made that assumption. And just straight up, I shot the guy who killed the family mainly for revenge. Yeah, me too. Because I was just like, I guess. Because you're a bad person I, if you kill someone's family. Yeah, like it's like whether or not you did it because of orders or whatever. Like that's stupid. So like the will to survive or just being a murderer. No, you kill yeah. a murderer. I'm sorry. There's no gray area there mm-hmm. Soldiers. We're, maybe we're bad people no we're fine uh yeah like i mean I, I guess it's it's sort of noteworthy that we're having this conversation about a video game maybe but i don't think that lasts much longer either where you're just like well it was a good narrative for a video games like no, shut up video the, games can do better stuff this honestly isn't even a top 10 game oh not at all I, it does some interesting stuff, but more it fails on so many fronts it can't be considered any more than an interesting idea gone wrong. Yeah, like vaguely interesting, but yeah, I was I played through it basically in one sitting, like without really realizing it. I played through like eight tenths of it, probably well four fifths, redu- reducing dude fractions. Did you want to talk Hotline Miami quickly? I played the last little bit. The story, oh, whatever. 
going back to the story, yeah. Okay, so that's that's it for Spec Ops talk, really, because it's it like it's it's only interesting for people who want to see a like, video game do more than just shoot people. Sort of story. Like, like a, no, no, more to be like a shooting video game kind of be reflexive about the fact that it's a shooting game, but it's still, like, as I mentioned... I think it still fails on that front, though. It doesn't go far enough. Achievements and stuff, like, it's kind of hypocritical, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to make that part clear, I guess, Mm -hmm. I got the achievement for getting nothing but headshots Yeah. when I beat the game, when it was giving me the lowdown on what was going on, so it kind of ruined that. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of at odds with itself, because it's, like, trying to be a big game, but it's also trying to question whether or not this kind of game should even exist, which is really weird. So, or, like, you know, that kind of habitual killing. It definitely yeah. is a game that someone should play only for academic purposes. Yeah. Because um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily fun as a shooter, and it's not deep-thinking enough to be art. Mm-hmm. Or, or very interesting art. I don't know. Very don't... Yeah. I don't... Um, okay, so where's Hotline Miami actually, for me, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but it kind of did a more interesting thing for me for the habitual killing kind of ritual or whatever, just because the gameplay mechanics were so solid. You okay, get used to killing people, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed like on one of my playthroughs, like there are one or two levels late in the game where it goes back in time and you kind of re-see them from a different perspective. You're talking about the guy in the biker helmet? Yeah, the biker takes over. Like, this is this is late-game stuff, but it's not a very narrative-driven game, so I don't know whether or not we want to throw up a hotline Miami spoilers, too. But uh, it's just an observation, really. Like, although, you, you like, me kind of realizing that this happened was kind of a bit of a thing for me, so, like, you know, maybe take this with a grain of salt, like, maybe don't listen, I don't know. But, okay, point is, um, earlier in the level you play you're playing as like your main character you enter a building there's corpses everywhere yeah then go upstairs and fight this dude Mm -hmm. and then you leave uh on the second time playing through it again it's full of people unarmed people but like you know the first time through i was just like oh okay and i did my job quotes and killed everyone yeah you know and then i went and finished the level or whatever yeah then like on a subsequent playthrough i was like wait a minute what and if I, I leave everybody alive? Time paradox. Yeah, and you you don't need to kill people. Like, you can kind of go back and not do horrible things. But it got like, you into this mode of thinking where, oh no, everyone on this floor has to die. Yeah, like, the game kind of has lured you into this normalization of horrible, violent behaviors to where you can kill everybody really easily, so you just kind of do it out of habit, which is gross, but that's kind of what a serial killer does. Yeah. Is like I don't want to kill or not want to kill. I just kill because I kill, and I, like that's kind of what happened. And then the fact that I could kind of undo that, and there's no moral meter or anything. There's no real follow up on that. It's just kind of a choice that's there, which makes you feel even more disgusting at the end. Like that, I that there was no moral meter no, there, and you still did it. Right. Like like I did it or didn't, or it makes you feel better for not doing it. Uh, conversely, maybe. You know, I wouldn't know because I did it. Well, okay, yeah, but I'm I'm saying like on a but even okay, and they do the same thing with the end, like the end end, which was kind of weird. Like, are you gonna spoil the end end for me now? Oh, you've no 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 not not the alternate ending. Oh, 
Okay. But it, it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, basically... Are you talking about the people doing witchcraft? What? The bonus uh, level? Yeah, the witchcraft level. Yeah, so there's the witches. You don't need to kill them, right? You don't at all. No, but you might. It's kind of up to you. And the game doesn't really incentivize you either way. It's just like, you saw the ending. Good job. Right. You know? Like, but, but it, at the same time, it does still have, like, kill benchmark achievements and stuff, but that doesn't seem out of character with most of the game because you're a psychopath. So, I don't know. I, I still felt the achievements didn't really... They weren't as hypocritical in the same way I felt Spec Ops were, where it's just like, good job, you shot that guy. Should we shoot anyone? And it's just like, you can't ask that question now. You, you val- like, threw away your right to do that when you decide to make it this kind of game. So... I don't know. But yeah, that that was that was just kind of a weird thing for me. And then, like, they did do the kind of alternate ending, finding the tiles thing, which, again, I was kind of just in this zone with that game that I didn't care, but I guess some people are having issues with collecting stuff. Like, it, it is kind of lame. It's a pixel hunt, basically. Mm. But, like, you're just kind of... Like, I was replaying those levels anyway for score, so I was just kind of looking closely on my way through and I was like oh there it is and then I picked it up and there's kind of like a funny little satirical joke thing in the collectibles I found kind of amusing so Mm -hmm. it's still consistent like the whole game kind of is consistent oh okay do you what did you think of the stealth level uh it I felt like it dragged the whole thing down okay I understood I understand why they did it yeah okay but I feel like it was kind of a drag to do honestly like, mechanically, I found it really frustrating, especially my first The time. hospital, right? The hospital level, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, like, yeah, like, I just, that was, like, the one time I had to just be, like, The wooziness was annoying. Yeah, and, like, kind of realizing, like, the more you walk, like, it builds up to this moment where you just stop and hold your head like you're having a migraine or something. And yeah, and you just kind of move, the screen moves around, so if you're pushing forward, you could turn slightly left or right. And just stumble into a hall and get seen or whatever. It's, yeah. Yeah, like, that part definitely... Like, I, I'm trying to... I don't want to kind of give it too many points, because the fact is, it just plays badly. But I'm wondering if it's supposed to, but that's me kind of giving it credit. But, like like you said, though, I think it does serve a function in the story. Because, like, the levels after that, I felt kind of had more going on for them because of that level. You know, like, it set the last chapter of that dude pretty well. Was that, um, right after that, the cop station? Yeah, like, right after that is the gotcha. police station. Okay, I, and then everything after that, yeah, I got you. I felt, like, extra, like, motivated or something by the fact that there was just this chapter where you're really weak and all your abilities are taken away. Yeah, it definitely. Kind of, like... You're like, all right, back to business, and then you're just like, murdering dudes. And it's well, like, what was the term Giant Bomb coined up? Abilities. Uh, yeah, well, like they, they give yeah, you in, where you're used. In that case, the abilities is the first eleven chapters of the game, and then they take. Well, them it's over. this whole idea that you have all your abilities at one point, and then once yeah. you lose them, you just want them back. Right, but they 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 kind of immediately take them away, and then immediately give them right back but yeah that little moment that kind of interrupts the flow is frustrating but also i think i i think you're making an excuse for it honestly okay it's it's yeah i i mean i've played like every time i play through it again i either skip that level 
or just do the bare amount. Of I mean, the fact that you could get something out of it and just say, hey, this makes me appreciate this part better. Yeah. I'm sure is something that they're happy about, but I don't think they intended it. I think they just wanted to do something differently and in all honesty, kind of failed at it. That's possible because, like, the only other game I've played of Cactuses was the uh, werewolf drum set or whatever, like, f- fucking keyboard werewolf, werewolf drum set, I think is what it is. Yeah. And whatever. He seems to have a conscious kind of, like, I want variety sometimes. So maybe this level was just like, we should have a different mechanic. How about a stealth section? And it was just a bad idea. Yeah. But that, that's possible. Oh, I guess if we're going to talk about, like, bad ideas, some of those boss battles are terrible. Yeah. Like, I love the game, but every time I get into a level that I forget has a boss battle, it's just like, oh, right, the stupid part. Ugh. And then I just kind of figure Which it out. one specifically are you talking about? The final one the is... The final one is balls. And every time I've beaten it, I actually just exploited it. I don't know how you did it, but the uh, final okay. bit... Okay, so like, I'll tell you how I did it. Okay. I like, run, I grab the chalice thing. Yeah. A cat attacks me, I beat its fucking brains in. Yeah. Then I beat the fucking brains in of the other cat. Yeah. And then that Russian mafia whore is like, I'm going to kill you, and starts running towards you. So I throw the chalice at her and then choke her and punch her to death on the ground. Yeah. Then I pick up a knife, I run behind the thing while he's shooting. Yeah. Carefully take aim, peek out, throw it, cut one arm off, grab the next knife, do the same thing, and then just finish it off. Okay, well, that's, that, like, I mean, it's so formula that that's 95% of what I do. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you mean by hide behind something. I, there's, the um, there's a thing there, like a block of something, a wall oh, or something. Okay. You hide behind that, and he can't hit you. That's probably what they actually want you to do. What I've been doing is basically akin to my NHL 93 exploit. You can stand right next to him, and he can't shoot you. Oh, he can't, because his arms are spread his apart, right? His arms are too long, so he shoots past you, and narratively speaking, that's the dumbest fucking thing ever, and it totally ruins that scene, because it's just dumb. But yeah, like I, I make sure to hit her with the chalice thing right beside his desk, so I can run right up next to him and grab a knife. Oh. So then I just stand there, throw a knife, wait for his clip to empty, grab another one, run to the other side, which is important, because you can get shot at the end. Yeah. Um, and then hit him with the other one, and then it's over. But yeah, my it's, way it's, still it's, sounds easier. What? My way still sounds easier because yours depends a lot on positioning, timing, and luck. By the sounds of it, it's one position. Like it's it's at a point now where it works every single time, and it's stupid every single time. So yeah, I'm not proud of myself, but that's kind of how I had to cheese that sequence. That boss battle is still kind of shitty. It's bad. It, I I would say pretty much all of them are. Like, go against what makes the rest of the combat so fun. Like, that, or so interesting. Like, they should have ended that game on just, like, some sort of ridiculous killing spree or something. Mm, the stress of every other level. Yeah, you need that as part of it. Or the idea you... that you took a shot to kill this dog because it was running at you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, from behind you, you got three guys with guns coming. What are you going to do? Like, hide by the door and punch them out? Like, what do you got to do? You got to act fast and really well to do anything yeah and it yeah it really does get you to a point where you do feel like a killer mm-hmm. because you're just like 
okay, so I'm going to throw this at this dog, and while he's down, I'm going to grab the... Or at this guy, while he's down, I'm going to grab his bat and bash his brain in, and this time another guy should be coming near the door so I can push him out of the way, knock him down, kill his buddy, grab his knife. Like, you just do all this crazy shit. Yeah. And, like, the more masks and stuff you unlock, like, they give you even weirder ways. What mask do you use most often? Um... I've lately, since I'm going through it again, the frog, which increases your uh, combo window. Yeah. So that one I've been using the most to try to get the biggest combos. I also just unlocked a grasshopper one that has a drill that gives you tons of points, which has its own pluses and minuses. I've been so I've, I was doing Rasmus the Owl. Yeah. Just because there's something terrifying to me about a guy with an owl mask killing you. Yeah, is that the one that also allows you to see the puzzle pieces? Yeah, it sees secrets. Okay, I did use that one quite a bit on my first, my second time through, I think. And then I used the horse, which is uh, lethal doorways. Yeah. So there was one level where I didn't do anything except for draw guys near me with a gun and push the door into all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Yeah, I did the dog one one or two times just for some annoying levels that were... Get, like dogs just jumping up on my throat or whatever but that I was hate dogs like, I hate yeah, dogs like the fact that okay there's one that enables you to punch them though like one mask and that one's pretty good too I think it's the tiger faster executions Tony that's a good mask that's faster executions there's one that makes it so dogs don't attack you yeah but there's one where you can also just take care of dogs like anything else my main issue was i would not have a loaded gun or a good weapon at the time so i would get bit because i can't punch it whereas if you have tony you can just punch everything hold on miami murder sandbox murder everybody uh yeah it's 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 quite the game um i guess yeah we can tie it right in because like i did feel it was another kind of mechanically sound. If you screw up, it's mostly your fault. Well, the one thing I really liked about Hotline Miami is a thing I like about a lot of video games that do this thing where the difficulty from beginning to the very last boss is the exact same thing. Yeah. It makes you grow as a player. It doesn't make the game grow against you. Right. Like, yeah. I was kind of, like, I just kind of wish there was more activities to do, but I wouldn't, I wasn't really sure how they could tweak the difficulty. Like, they can't, because it's, it's already this set, but maybe add more dudes? But that would yeah. kind of change the flow. Well, of I think what they should do is literally add a murder sandbox mode, where you can decide how many dudes are in a level, and then yeah. randomize a level. I was uh, Some sort of map creator would also be the coolest thing ever. Well, it, but... there is Steamworks-capable stuff, right? Yeah. So it'll probably show something eventually. I, I hope, hope so. Though I'm sure they'll do something with it. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, and there was also just one glitch where I punched a guy and he fell near a wall and then stood up on the other side of the wall and yeah. walked out of the building. I had that glitch too, and then I couldn't kill him. Yeah, I couldn't kill him, so I was like, I man, to... that was such a sick combo I just did, except for that one guy, and now he's gone. So... And I can't even finish the level. Yeah, so I had to quit. Yeah. So yeah, perfect game. It's 100% solid. No, it's yeah, it's got. Basically, it's one of those things that if you have 10 extra bucks, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot, I'm just still saying. But anyways, it, back to games like that, I lent you Demon's Souls. Right, which I only really spent a couple hours with, but I I forgot how just mechanically sound that game is, I guess. Like, I, I went through the tutorial again, 
and then did kind of the first area. I didn't. I haven't died really. The Boletarian Palace or whatever. I hope. I guess it's the first area. That's the kind of thing. The game doesn't really direct you, which I guess is cool. But I think it actually works against the game if you want my opinion on it because okay. the first time I tried playing that game, I got through the first intro area. Then when you get to the main gateway, basically yeah. the hub world. Yeah. I kept going to a place that was way too hard for me. And oh, then okay. I found out that no I found out online that no dude, if you go to this place, the things are easier to deal with and you will gradually get items to heal and make yourself do more damage. And after oh, okay. I did that area, I was having so much fun again cuz I was taking down a giant guy that was as big as the castle and then I was taking out another guy. Yeah, I haven't really gotten to do any of the bigger, large-scale stuff in any of my time with Demon's Souls. Like, I played it once back when it came out for, like, four hours or something. Yeah. Uh, just as a rental. Yeah. But, um... I did, too. I didn't buy it until about two years ago. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to just... To, like, I yeah, I haven't really gotten to do any large-scale stuff yet. Um, I think this is kind of a weird case where, like, the community has really made the game a lot more friendly because that's the question i had for you is there still online notes there's still notes and specifically the issue you said like there were notes where it's just like dude if you're new don't go down this way right now don't do it you know like there's little warnings in the levels now where it's just kind of like yeah if you if you're not like if you're not super experienced right now maybe don't go over here and i was just like oh okay and then i backtracked to a different place yeah and actually basically what i did was i cashed out of that dungeon my souls mm-hmm. so now i'm gonna store those and then go back in so I yeah because then you're at a point where you feel more reckless because you have nothing to lose so why not right. like, i was at a point where i'm like man i got you know i'm coming up on a couple thousand here i, I don't want to totally biff it so i'm gonna but, head out and then you get to the point where there's just this crazy knight guarding a ring and you're like well i'm not gonna lose items so here we go you run in grab the ring and just know you're gonna die <laughs> you get to those points and it's kind of it brings you back to a place when you were a kid that you just knew you had to get to a point so you would do just a r- mad dash for it. Yeah. It's kind of neat to feel that again as an adult, that rush that you know you're going to die, I just need to grab this one thing before I do. Yeah, there there like I like there's there's like a base level of good amount of tension in that game at all times cuz you mm-hmm. can't pause ever, really. Like you pause and it brings up a menu, but if someone runs up at you, they're going to start murdering you. So yeah. It's kind of on all the time, which until you get until you know what areas you can just stand at for a while, right? But like, I mean, yeah, like the world's a little more generally hostile than most, and that makes it kind of more exciting. Like, I I definitely really dug what I what I played, but yeah, I haven't been able to really sink my teeth into any of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, thanks thanks for letting me that. I'll definitely look through it again. Like people have been talking a lot about like. Like I don't think there's really people saying like Dark Souls was way better. Dark it's Souls just, is Demon Souls version two. Yeah, like like I I was like, dude, I'm playing Demon Souls. I'm like, why aren't you playing Dark Souls? It's like I don't know. Who cares? It's the same. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same it's the game same experience. And the reason I'm not playing is because my Xbox is dead. So leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> or you could buy it on Steam eventually too. But the the de- die edition or whatever. I guess that's another thing. Like the community really stepped up on that too, right? They it's kind of an rate and all this stuff, but I guess they what Demon Souls does with community stuff is really quite interesting too, because nowadays we praise stuff like Journey for not allowing chat of any sort, just kind of blips. Yeah. So you're really with so little communication ability, it yeah. really forces yeah. the other person to just kind of 
be your friend. Yeah. And Demon's Souls was doing that way before because all you could do is talk to other people through messages that you would leave in their world. So it was, I don't know, it was always kind of neat. You would always have that one asshole that was just like jump off here for sword and it was just a death trap or something. But like the but, community could kind of get rid of that stuff too by voting. Right, right exactly. So, so those messages would eventually disappear. It was essentially the game Reddit, the first Reddit. Yeah, upvoting comments basically is in a mechanic in that game it's weird. right and yeah like i don't know how much stuff is still working like in terms of the like what's it when the color like the black and white uh when you are different colors you go into other people's world either to help them or to duel them or whatever okay like i'm not sure if all that stuff's still on but yeah there's still the ghosts of other players and like how they died and whatever and messages and stuff are still around so it's so all the important stuff is definitely still there it still feels like kind of that weird hybrid experience, which is kind of cool, like between yeah. player and multiplayer. Right. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's really kind of a neat thing that like it's definitely gotten a fair share of praise and stuff over the years. So it's it's not overlooked in any way. It's, it's just, easy to lose yourself in that game too once you start getting the feel of it. Yeah, like it's it's been something I've definitely been like intrigued by since it came out, but yeah. I just haven't set aside the time to really investigate thoroughly so maybe i'll get into that more um but i've been kind of traveling around a bit lately so i've been playing more mobile stuff so plague incorporated i'm on fungus now like you are yes um and i almost got it once but then greenland screwed me up man there's always one country yeah and it for me it's been greenland like twice now so there so you should look in a cold resistance maybe yeah it's it, it's not so much that it's just there's like few ways of getting into the country so like mm. it's, it's wiping out other cold nations and stuff but that's because they have like an airport and a port whereas they have one port and if they close that you need to figure out like bird migrations or like insects or something mm. so there's no other way in there and it's sparsely populated too like it's one of the few countries in that game that has that distinction of being like the the population is really remote from each other so it's, like, just slower spreading in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had it infected, and it slowly was climbing up there. And then they apparently quarantined and killed, like, that whole community <laughs> of, of infected people. And then they were back to zero, and then there was nothing I could do. So, yeah, I killed, like, you know, 6.78 billion. But that last, like, few thousand was still fine, so. Yeah. Again, kind of weird, like, you know, you're killing a lot of people, and it makes light of it, but it's, it's I don't know, it's got a cool, ominous thing going on with that game, and I still really like it. What's your, um, what's the name of your virus? Uh, for that one, I, I did do toaditis for my fungus, because I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I literally did name one of the Roarpox after our conversation. Oh no, the world has 25% of a cure done. Yep. Sorry, okay. I just loaded up my saved game. Oh, okay. Diabetes is not doing so well. Diabetes. Oh, no. The U.S. and Canada aren't even affected yet. Yeah. Well, I'm, that I'm screwed. One, that one time every game where you get, like, the big explosion, like, the big spread, is mm-hmm. also... It's, it's pretty awesome. Like, you're just like, I figured it out. I made this fire super effective. I really like the news updates, too, where it's, like, killed more than smallpox. Killed yep. more than the Black Death. Yep. Just stuff like that, yeah. It's the most 
dangerous thing that's ever happened. It's like, all right, cool. It also just makes me want to watch Contagion again. So yeah, um, makes me want to watch it the first time ever. It's a good movie. It's 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 pretty good at doing what it. It's it's very very similar. It's weird. Like it has that kind of news like feel in a lot of ways too. Hmm. Um, and jumps all around between different characters and stuff to the point where we're not kind of like just thinking about the larger thing that's happening, not just one, like, oh, no, what's going to happen to Matt Damon? It's like, dude, I don't know, but what's going to happen to Kate Winslet? Or Jude Law? Or Lawrence Fishburne, who actually is pretty good in that movie. Um, it's just bounced around. But, yeah, um, I've been playing more of the My Little Pony Game Loft game, which, oh, did this come out last week, or has it all been this week? I don't think I've talked about it. Uh, My Little Pony? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, it is very, like, generally similar to that Simpsons tapped out game. Okay, is this My Little Pony thing available on Android? Ah. Uh, I will let you know in two seconds, so continue talking. See, like, there were friends, like, on the friends list thing that weren't compatible, so they had a different version of it, so I think so, but they might have been using, like, a Facebook client or something, I'm not really sure. What's but, it yeah. called? Uh, My Little Pony by Gameloft, right here, installed. Yeah, that's it. Boom, there you go. Installed. Um, it is, it, like, okay, like, like that Simpsons game, it's kind of, like, it's such a weird thing, because, like, in many, many ways, it's terrible. Like, it's a bad game in terms of any kind of fun. You're just kind of clicking on things at certain times. So it's hardly a game. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a... I, I'm not really sure how to compare it to like like a quick time event with touch controls. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's it's more of like a really basic like management game where you're managing a town or something like The Sims or something maybe, but like very limited. Like game dev story. That's good though. No, it's ah less less really okay. Like game dev story, I guess like or or that kind of management game, but there it's a free to play so. All sorts of abilities and stuff is hidden behind paywalls. Oh, gross. So, okay. Like, Simpsons did the same exact thing. Like, if there's one thing I compare it to from something I've already played, it's Simpsons Tapped Out. It takes a license I think is cool, puts you in a town I think is great, like Springfield in that case, Ponyville over here. Oh, dude, it's 87 megabytes big. Yeah. Ugh. There's, like, voice samples in it and stuff. And it's 3D. Like, and then... Like, uh, so yeah, it, it takes a location, sets up the stage, like something bad happens and has wiped out the town as you know it from the show, so you have to rebuild it and get everybody back. Okay. Literally the same premise in both games, essentially. Uh, Homer blows it up in that one, Nightmare Moon is back again in this one, which is weird, because whatever, season one. Anyway, um, and then, yeah, then you're just collecting bits and, uh, harmony element stuff, and then you're building buildings and unlocking new characters. Um, the one thing this does bring in is there's, like, mini-games, but there's only two, I think, really. Okay. So you're either playing ball or you're collecting apples, which is, bo like, those are both things from the show, so that's fine, but it gets really boring really quickly in that respect. Um, so, yeah, it's almost just more the community aspect of it is the only part that's kind of making it work is like i'm unlocking these characters you know adding friends and whatever on this in this social network and we're all being really silly and excited about ponies together so that's fine mm -hmm. but yeah as a game like in many ways it's just it's 
like, just kind of a failure. Well, it's just not much of a game. Like it, it, it okay, even yeah. has like a uh, an infinite flyer kind of thing, like you'd like a jetpack joyride kind of thing, which like would be fine if they just made a game like that. Like it's just like you're playing as Rainbow Dash and you're flying and you unlock stuff. Like whatever, just make that. But it's again, it's time limited and you can only play it so often every day per character or whatever. Or no, that one's actually even more limited in how often you can play it. So, like, the best parts of it in terms of even the minigames, you just don't get to see when you want to see it. It's like the game has a timer on it. And yeah, there's one where you pop balloons to get stuff, but you can only play that once every 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. And, and, but, I mean, of course you could get through all that stuff by giving them way too much money with your credit card. But that's no, that's okay. Yeah, don't do that. No one should do that. I don't care if you're a fan of the show either. Like, there's better ways you can spend that money. Like, season one's coming out on DVD. I don't know. Don't do that. So, yeah, whatever. Mobile games. Like, it's not, it's no grosser than other mobile games I've already played, but it's just a type of thing that's happening right now that I don't, I don't, I think, like, Farmville kind of set this tone. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. There's there's some narration and stuff in it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I wish it was more fun and less apparently money-driven. Because there, there's even parts where it's just like characters from the show are just like, hey, you can you know spend some gems to make this go faster. Gross. Not really mentioning that it's like gems are one of the limited resources that cost money, basically, unless you grind <laughs> them out. It's grinding. It's all grinding. So let's not talk about it anymore. Speaking about weird mobile grinding experiences, yeah, uh, this one's more interesting to me though. It is curiosity. What's inside the cube? Absolutely, it, the twenty-two cans experiment. Yeah, the yeah. Peter Molyneux's weird kind of mobile idea, which isn't you know like it definitely reminds me of the Nobi Nobi Boy community experience thing, like with unlocking new planets. But this one kind of like okay. There's a big-ass cube comprised of tons of little squares, mm-hmm. and everyone works together to open, like, get rid of all the squares, but only one person gets to see what's inside the cube. Yeah. And it perfectly kind of pl- preys on just curiosity as a motivating thing. Well, it's the golden ticket with Willy Wonka's factory. Like, you, you just want to keep buying chocolate until you get it? Just yeah. Like, it's but, like, why, but there's why? a good chance you'll never get it. Yeah, yeah, like, it's just, like, like I even brought this up in conversation um, at, a, at a birthday thing, and it was just, like, that sounds really interesting to, like, you know, casual game fans, kind of. But, like, even though the core activity of what you're doing is really boring, in a way, like, you're you're just tapping at squares. You're just, you know, you can make a little kind of game of it, I guess, by kind of making different rows or spelling things out or whatever, but you're you're basically just mining away at this giant thing. Yeah and hoping to get the sweet trinket at the end, but only one person gets it. So it's and it's super weird. popular because it is actually down right now. Yeah, I've I've had a couple issues connecting with it here and there. Yeah. And also just, like, I guess refresh rate stuff, maybe, on the cube. Like, I'll be working on an area, and then suddenly everything around me disappears. Mm. And it's just like, oh, I guess someone else cleared this out, like, ten minutes ago, and it just didn't know or something. I'm not sure how Could it's... Could that happened. be an issue with your internet connection, maybe? Uh, maybe. At that time, I I might have actually been doing it over 3G. So, 
I could see that being an issue with data plans, especially here in Canada, since we're third world country when it comes to mobile. I I also got an email like the next morning from Fido that was like, hey, you're at 75% of your cap. And I was like, oh, Oh, gross. I probably shouldn't use that anymore while I'm out and about. But yeah, yeah, I'm at at home now on the Wi-Fi. So after this, I might just cube it up for a while. Um, It's it also it kind of. It's weird. It kind of fits right into this thing that, like, the activity, you know, like the the banal activity that you're willing to put up with just in the background as you listen to a podcast or music or something. Yeah. Like, it is that by design. Almost. Absolutely. Like, like, there was that game Minor Dig Deep. Yep. Which I just got way into and played tons of it. Like, I beat that game just because it was a great podcast game. Like, I listened through hours and hours of stuff while doing that. Same with Trials Evolution. Yeah, like, it's just kind of like, drive this motorbike, you know, and, alright, like, there's not going to be a cutscene after or anything, you don't need to worry about it, so just keep going. No quick time event you have to pay attention to, nothing like that. Yeah, it's just pure gameplay, I guess, in a sense, and mm-hmm. you just keep going at it. So, I don't know, I it's a neat little thing, I'm, like, it's kind of got mixed ratings on iPhone, or iOS anyway, like, I think it's probably people just being like, what is this? This is barely a game. Two out of five, and you're just like, no, but it's an interesting experiment, and it's free, so what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think I think it's cool. And then there was card game night, or like board game stuff, um, which I'll briefly, uh, we played some Flux. Um, I won. How was that? You never feel satisfied winning at Flux, because it's random. Yeah. But it's fun, but at the same time, like, it is so programmed kind of you know like the game kind of demands you do certain things and you're just kind of following along you're not really ever strategizing much like i guess you can kind of hold certain cards you think you can kind of switch to your advantage later, right but, but then, then it doesn't matter because someone will get the card that makes those cards garbage or or is like hand limit one and then you're like oh fuck now i have to discard all that stuff so yeah, the game kind of doesn't let that That definitely seems like a game that could either go for, like, five minutes or, like, a couple hours if you wanted it to. Oh, it's not if you want it to. It's if it happens. Like, you don't really get to choose. I guess. Yeah, like, our game went for, like, I don't know, 25 minutes, half hour or something, just because no one had it work out for them in that time. So, I don't know. it, It, like... It's a funny thing, like, a couple times, but it might... I'm a little worried now, maybe it's something you want to kind of bring new people in, just to kind of be like, look at how weird and random this is, until they realize it's actually not random at all, and it's really strictly kind of just luck. It's just all luck. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, then we played Carcassonne Hunters and Gatherers, which is much more of a strategy game. Um, I lost, but just barely. I thought I had it, because I had all these hunting grounds, you know? I was getting all these mammoths. But Sean was just building forests throughout, and I guess that made him like four or five points ahead. So that was damn. Um, Munchkin Impossible, man, that is the version of Munchkin I have. Yeah. Uh, um, Brittany and Sean both were just having fun, doing fine. I was just getting stomped like throughout. Like they were <laughs> level nine and nine, like they were tied. It was like that thing that happens in every Munchkin game where they're both kind of trying to sabotage each other. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there at level three. And I don't think I got past level three, like, the whole game. Because I just kept getting, like, they would kind of gank me for no reason. Like, it's just like, alright, I'm going to kill this level two monster. And you're just like, no, you're not. And then just throw a plus five on it or something. You're just like, why? What did I do? (laughs) I'm 
the least threatening person here. And you're just like, no, whatever. So then I just, you know, lose some items or something or have to run away. And yeah, just sat there with no equipment or anything for like... With your arms folded, pouting. Yeah, just like, yeah, I want to have like, What are you guys doing? You guys are jerks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that could have gone better for me, I guess. And then we played the Game of Things, which is a kind of, you know, party, social mixer kind of game. Really. A Game of Things, as it were. Yeah, but hmm. like, it's kind of, I guess, in a much more open-ended Cards Against Humanity way. It kind of lets you just express gross stuff if you want. Oh, okay. So it's just like, what is the worst thing you could say to a mother-in-law or something? And then there's just like five little submission slips, and you can literally just write whatever horrible thing you want. The thing is, though, is then someone tries to figure out who said which thing. There is another game like this that I played with a bunch of people about two New uh, Year's the ago. Did, like, what? Or something? The game That's the one. one. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was it was compared to that during the thing. It so, seems yeah, it like the exact like same thing, yeah. Right, so, you know, some gross things were said, and it was funny, and yeah, good times. I don't know. Cool. I I think John won. Yeah, he did really well. He had 23. That's because he's a terrible person. Great, but I was at 16. Uh, it's not so much that. It's more about figuring out, like, which sediment matches a person. Mm. And then the process of elimination comes up, too. Gotcha. So, yeah, apparently I was hungry or something, so I like I was doing food jokes for a good part of it, <laughs> and eventually that was just like figured out. You're just like, oh, sandwiches. All right, that was Nathan. You're just like, well, <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I guess I'll mix up my thing. Yeah. But I, yeah, okay. I like, I guess briefly, I also was kind of doing like a weird sugar rush kind of thing at that time. Like I had a bunch of pie and a double double coffee and a soda, and a bunch of these chocolate mousse things, to the point where I was just, like, really freaked out. Like, I was just like, I think I'm just gonna die. Like, my heart's just gonna stop, because it's beating too fast right See, now. See, that's weird, because you don't usually drink soda. Yeah, I had a big, like, a liter of ginger ale or something when I got there. Oh, ginger ale, that's hardly soda. I guess, but it was just kind of in concert with all this other stuff that just happened. Like, it was way too much too soon. Gotcha, yeah really panicking while I was playing that game, so I don't know if that was affecting my abilities, but whatever. I was mm-hmm. up. But anyway, let's uh, move on from video game everything and games in general to movies. Ta- tell me about Skyfall. Alright, so Skyfall is the new James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it's not as good as Casino Royale, but way better than Quantum. Okay. It does less ambitious things than Casino Royale in terms of character development specifically with bond yeah okay Um, but of course because why would they they have that bond established from the other two movies right well okay that's the thing this movie kind of throws away those other two movies in favor of reverting back to the bond formula okay i'm sorry i have to say this but no spoilers because i am gonna watch casino royale when i have time this week oh because i want movies i want to see skyfall this weekend possibly yeah no no i won't i won't really spoil plot specifics it's more just um they return to the formula which whether oh, you weird in a way in a way like they still do okay 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 i've been a fan of the james on movies since i was like 10 so this was a really nice hybrid of those things for me to the point where it was like all right it's like a smarter 
movie from back then. So like, it was an like evolution of that Bond more so than anything. Of the older Bond. Like, yes. it's like, let's say we took Goldfinger or Spy Who Loved Me, which are kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but then at least paid a little bit of attention to James Bond being a person and then made the villain more interesting. Okay. You know? Which that's more than enough for me to be like, man, that was the, that was quite the thing, right? Whereas my friend Ryan is not a big James Bond fan at all, okay. but he really liked Casino Royale because it deviated so much from the pattern. Okay, right? I think him and I would probably agree then on whatever yeah. you're about to say he, his opinion is. So walking out of this movie, he was like, man, they just went back to that well. And I was just like, hell yeah, they did. And he was like, but that's so lazy. And I was like, I don't care. So... You know, it was kind of a different experience. Like, he kind of didn't like a good, like, some aspects of it quite a bit. Like, it's it's really well shot, and the music is great, and the acting is good, because, like, they just staffed up huge in that department. Yeah. Like, Sam Mendes came on board, got Roger Deakins, like, my favorite cinematographer, Thomas Newman, to do the music, and, like, Avery Bardem does a great job as the villain. How was so, the like, villain? Well, I what's really his whole like, thing with this villain? Uh, like, okay... I really liked him because... Does he try to control the media? No, no, no. I did like that villain, too, though. Tomorrow Never Dies had a pretty great villain. It Um, was a weird villain. I liked it, though. Jonathan Price is... And it was just kind of a weird... Like, for that time period, I could see now someone controlling media. It would be catastrophic. But back then, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They give him good reasons to do what he's doing. And that was kind of maybe the one part of the movie where it fell apart a bit for me, because, like, it got to a point where I was like, this villain is so much more interesting than James Bond. Okay, so he's not just a henchman this time, then? Not really, no. This Bond villain, I mean. Because a lot of Bond Bond villains seem just like henchmen. They have this plan they don't that they're trying to carry out either for someone or for some weird idea they have, and that's it. They don't have any personality. See, what it was, it was a smaller-scale plan that's more personal, which I thought was a great idea. Right, of course. Because, like, it's, like, all, like, you know, a bunch of the James Bond movies have world domination or some giant weird heist or something as part of it, and you can only have so many of those, and there's been, like, at least a dozen of those yes. so far. Yeah, right? yeah. So this was a nice kind of change of scale for the James Bond movies for that. But yeah, it does really kind of bring up this contrast between the protagonist and the antagonist. It's just like, why are we rooting for this guy over here? Because he's just a dude in a suit. Like, what is it about this character that's at all interesting? Like, he 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 has. Do they answer that question? Because if they do, then I will go see this movie right away. Uh, like it's 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 kind of up for debate whether they because I've never really cared about James Bond as a person. He's just kind of the figure of a movie. Okay, see that's the thing I think Casino does better. Okay, this movie again, it kind of it it wants to have it both ways, and I think it's mostly successful. But it it does kind of try to be like that old stuff was really great. Let's try to take this new James Bond and put him in this kind of old sillier structure and it kind of works and it's it sort of works like it for me it it did definitely hit a lot of notes i was pretty happy with what about someone who doesn't really care about the old bonds like me see this was this was the conversation ryan and i had i had after like if you're at all kind of in the similar mindset as he was where like i want to see this formula change and evolve like actually this movie could be really disappointing 
like I'm not really sure because I'm just not that person. So I'm not sure how deeply felt his disappointment was. Or I honestly don't know how deeply felt it is for me because I haven't seen Casino Royale yet. Right. Like seeing them in close, like I, that comparison might be more interesting. Like I've, I've kind of half the mind to watch that one again and see how good it really was. Cause like it did do some really neat stuff. So like, I, I think I'd still have to, I, I mean, I've only seen this one once, but I'd still probably have to give the like gold star or whatever to Casino Royale for doing more interesting things with the established framework than this movie does. Like this one's much more comfortable in those old shoes. Right. And like on the, you know, on the scale though of like James Bond movies, like just comparing them with Bond movies only, like not looking to other things that do more interesting characters or whatever. Like it is just by default, like in the top three most interesting James Bond movies. Cause what are the other two? Uh, like in terms of character progression, Casino Royale, and even though I don't like it, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Like, it actually spends time developing a relationship for James Bond, and like that changes his character, which never happens usually. Like right. it's usually just like, you know, suave action guy shoots dudes and says clever things for like two hours. Who's and your then, favorite Bond? Oh man. Uh, it's kind of it's been a thing lately where I've I've really admired Timothy Dalton. Okay. Uh, like, which he only had two movies though, so it's kind of a weird. What one about Lazenby? Look at Lazenby was really boring. Like I don't like <laughs> okay. that movie. Uh, despite yeah, it does like it kind of has this weird distinction of having like a character thing happen, which is rare. So that's the only reason I mention it. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know. Like Dalton really didn't get enough time to really go all out, so. That's kind of like a asterisk next to that answer. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure. I I, I guess I'll just stick with that because like I like some of the Connery movies, but really don't like other ones. Okay. Same goes with Roger Moore. Same goes with Pierce Brosnan. Roger Moore was like a cartoon version of Bond. Yeah, and like apparently, like it was kind of a neat little interview I noticed. Apparently, this is his favorite one which is kind of funny. Oh, weird. Okay. So, like, he's seen it, and he's just like, man, yeah, yeah. He's just so, like, I wish I could have been that good. I wish I could have been in something like this. Like, but instead, I'm a... The two instead, men. I'm foolish. Instead, I was in a view to a kill, so awesome. Oh, yeah. Should have been so much better, Christopher Walken, but it's not. It's bad. It's um, really bad. It's really bad. I remember Christopher Walken having really bad hair, too. Ah, uh, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah. Isn't it blonde? Of. Yeah, it's it, I guess not because for some reason Daniel Craig is being quoted all the time as being blonde Bond. He's the first one that's blonde in their minds, so it's a light brown, I guess. Wait, what? No, I'm talking yeah. about Christopher Walken. Oh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Isn't he's got, he like, blonde in that movie. Yeah, I think he's got kind of bleached, weird-looking hair. It's it's pretty great, but not great at all. That movie's yeah. terrible. Um. So yeah, yeah, like every other Bond has kind of like a really mixed resume. Like I hated Thunderball. I thought it was terrible. It's just not good. I don't think um, I even bothered seeing that one. Yeah, and like Never Seen Ever Again is like a remake of Thunderball. So I saw that one. So you've seen the same story then. I guess that okay. one's kind of better, but whatever. It's just not an interesting one. And like For Russian with Love is just kind of boring, despite it. You know, it's well regarded. Uh, the pussy's ridiculous. Octopus is ridiculous, but in a way I like, because there's, like, a train and all that junk, and they're in India. Uh, but, yeah, specifically View to a Kill and Live and Let Die just aren't good movies. 
a Moonraker's bad, but in a way, I actually find goofy and funny, but it's not a good movie. Like, I can't defend it, but I don't have as much issues with it as other people do. Um, I don't remember yeah. Moonraker. I don't remember hating it, though. Yeah, and, like, even Craig, like, Quantum was bad. I don't like it. So, like, Timothy Dalton, he only had two tries, but he's, like, two for two in my book. So, you know, by default, that's that's still... I really still like Goldeneye. Goldeneye was really good. That, okay. that was the ones, watching this one specifically, I was like, man, Goldeneye, right? Like, like I have to say, Pierce Brosnan did... I don't know how to put this. I think he was more consistently... He had more consistent good movies for Bond than the other people did. See, I only like two of them. Like, I like Tomorrow Never Dies and Goldeneye. I didn't mind some things in The World Is Not Enough. Die Another Day, I don't even remember. So Die Another Day was just so silly. It was Halle Berry and A Nice Palace. Yeah. That's all I remember. Diamond face, lasers, it was so dumb. And The World Is Not Enough is just unremarkable. I just don't remember most of what happens. So... Yeah. But yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies has some really good stuff in it. Yeah, it actually, like, I mean, the stealth boat stuff maybe wasn't as good, maybe, but yeah, last bit just seemed to lose energy somehow, but I liked most of that movie quite a bit. Maybe yeah. more than it deserves, I don't know. But yeah, I really liked James Bond, so th- this movie really did it for me in a way. I, I was really happy, so... Like, that conversation right after about how it failed to do some stuff definitely kind of tempered it, maybe a little bit, but it's also stuff I was never looking for in James Bond. So, if you know what James Bond has always kind of been about, this is a really good expression of that. So, yeah. There you go. Young Adult. Yeah. Have you Had you seen it before? No. Okay, what'd you think? It's, how do you feel? About it's it? not that good. It's not that good. At all. It's not that good at all. It's middling, it doesn't have any point to it, none of the characters are really likable at all, and there's barely any development. Barely, alright, alright. So, go yeah, ahead. It was, it's probably, like, maybe Jason Reitman's best movie, so it's pretty good, it's pretty great. Okay, what else has he done? I'm just no, trying to remember. Like, Juno, uh, Up in the Air, and uh, Thank You for Smoking. I didn't like Juno at all. See, like, Juno, I think I saw too many times. I did really like it at one point, but I've seen it too many times at this point. Um, I don't know. I still, like, it definitely tempered it a bit, seeing Young Adult again from the last time I saw it, but I just, I like broken characters somewhat, you know? Okay. What is it you like about broken characters? Like, just, like, the, the kind of, specifically in this case, like, her kind of midlife crisis kind of just not doing stuff, just kind of bored sitting at home watching the Kardashians or whatever, like just nothing's happening. I don't know. That just seemed to get it right for me. Like it's just like that's what modern like just not knowing which direction your life should go looks like. It's not like Maybe so, but that doesn't make for good cinema when you're just sitting there and nothing happens. I like the editing of it though. I don't know. I don't like, think like, I I'm I, just trying to remember the editing of it. Like, the tape player stuff at the beginning, um, and then just... Oh, like, like where she's listening to the same song over and over? she kind of goes out, like, she kind of gets ready, like, she goes to a store and gets new makeup or something, and there's just kind of, like, these, like, montages of her preparing for social battle, kind of, you know, like, just putting on the face to go out to the baby shower or something. 
and then it all just goes horribly wrong. Maybe it's just a matter of I don't like anything that Diablo Cody has done. Okay, like was it? Did it have that kind of writing problem for you? To, like, like kind of everything just seemed to not really have a purpose. Like, I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to capture a character's life, mm-hmm. and sometimes like our lives, parts of our lives have no purpose at all. Well, it's like a character who's lost right now. Right, right, but I don't want to see that because I want to be entertained. There's nothing entertaining about this movie, and I don't think... And since there's very little en- development at all, she's an asshole when she, the movie starts, and she's an asshole when she leaves. Like, I don't, I, I don't see a point in the movie. I like the ending specifically because it kind of leaves you at a crossroads with the character, and you don't... It's kind of up to what, like inkling you have as to whether or not she goes back and fixes things or just does continue being terrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I really like Patton Oswald's character and kind of like his, I don't think he was in it enough to save it. Like it, it, watching it again. It's a much shorter movie than I remember. They like, didn't give him enough time to make any insightful impact on her. I don't think or oh, us okay. maybe he has like three or four sequences kind of, but yeah, I don't know. Like maybe I'm reading into it more, but for some reason it kind of resonated with where I was when I first saw it. I think when I, I think probably kind of around the same time I was still up on the trip, which was that kind of midlife crisis comedians movie with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Okay. So I was just kind of in a mood for kind of sad middle-aged people. Right. So I, I don't know. It kind of fit that tone for me, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, and I I really liked her performance and stuff too, Charlize Theron. Yeah, it's a good performance. I mean, she you hate the character. Do you? Because I, I do. Yes. Okay. So so maybe it's more of a judgmentalism thing. Maybe. I don't know. Because like, I I don't know. I guess yeah. I don't. I guess that's part of the thing. Like I don't like her her kind of demented like mission to get her old boyfriend back. I didn't find, like, sinister. It was just kind of sad. It's pathetic, yeah. It wasn't sinister or anything. Oh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was part of... Like, because, like, Patton Oswalt's character is trying to point out, like, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, ah, whatever. You know, what's the harm? Doesn't matter. But, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, it wasn't as good as I remember the first time. Like, it didn't hit as hard as the first time, but I still like it in general. So, all right. Difference of opinions. Mm-hmm. Did you not like the ending then? Because I did have, like, and generally on IMDb or whatever, like, people don't seem to think it's great. So I was like, oh, The ending? Three. Yeah, the ending people have issues with. Hmm. Uh, like, are you talking about where she's talking in the kitchen with the... No, the... like, specifically the final scene is just kind of, <clears throat> she starts up her again, and yeah. you don't know what she where she goes. You know? Well, I don't care about knowing where she goes or not. I just think the ending's sloppy. It's just okay. lazy, because there's barely an ending. I thought it was pretty intentional, but okay. It might be, but it's still sloppy. Shitty writing can be intentional. What's shitty about it? The fact that there's no ending. Well, it ends. It, it, it ends. It's over. No, because they make the viewer decide what happens, and that's bullshit. That's a thing movies can do. Not when they do it like that, where they just stop. Uh, the, 
that's a whole type of cinema. Like, you get a snapshot of a person's life, and then the character lives on in your imagination. Like, that's a thing people do. Yeah, that's probably not for me, then, because I don't like that. Okay. I think it's great. Okay. That's a clever way to end your movie. Yeah, then you don't have to do any work. Yeah! You let me do the work. Give me some credit as the viewer. Thanks, Diablo Cody. (laughs) Give me some credit. (laughs) Yeah! Let me pick up the pace and write my own uh, fan fiction at home. Young adult. I would like to see that. I would like it if you sat down and wrote an ending to that movie. Alright. I would love to read that. Alright. Alright, let's go on to another movie we both saw. Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> 3D. 3D. The big 3D. Alright. Third dimension. Um, I have not played... I have not played many of the Silent Hill games. Okay. I own three of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but How I, does that happen? Well, four was on sale, and I was like, if this is what I think it is, and you're trapped in a room this whole time, it'll be really cool. And then it oh, was like, you must have been disappointed. I was really disappointed really quickly. <laughs> okay. Um, three, I read a review in the Herald like eight years ago. Oh, that weird. made it sound kind of neat. So eventually I picked it up. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Calgary Herald game reviews. Well, I mean, um, print media. Yeah, and then eventually I found out I'd been doing it all wrong, and two was the hotness, so I finally bought that. Two, like, the um, way it goes is one is a weird kind of cultish, almost demon-like story. Okay. That deal with, like, the rebirth of a god and a cult and that sort of thing, and Silent Hill is just kind of the backdrop to that. Three is the continuation of that. Okay. Where two does some more interesting stuff. What two does is it dives into the psyche of the main protagonist, and basically what Silent Hill is, is everything in Silent Hill is a representation of what he's harboring inside his own mind. Okay. See, because, like, Shattered Memories, which is one I played but don't own despite liking it quite a bit, seemed to do that stuff, too, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. So that's kind of my most personal attachment to the... I still series. haven't played that one at all. I I have really fond recollections of it. I should probably play it again to make sure I'm not, like, nostalgia or something, but I, I thought it was really cool. So but, okay, basically so the thing... To pull... The thing you want, like, just knowing who you are as a person and what you look for, Yeah. you will get more out of... Two, and then four, and then one, and then three, probably. Okay. So three is the worst one? For you, probably. Maybe, because I started playing three and then stopped after like an hour or something. I just wasn't getting into it. But this one, from what little I saw, the, this movie seems to pull a lot from three. Yeah. In terms of like where, it, like the settings, like where it goes, and the main character, Heather. Heather, yeah, Heather Mason. But her real name's Sharon or something. Uh, well, it's Heather Mason in um, the game too because she's her adopted father is Harry Mason from the first game. Right, who is Sean Bean in this movie? Um, okay, even though he was a different character in the other one, like they tie. It's weird because the first game and the third game are tied together very closely, and the first movie yeah. was never meant to be tied to a game, so they had to somehow tie that movie in retroactively through this movie. 
Right, so they're like different identities and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, most of what I liked about Silent Hill: Shattered Memories, though, was the fact that it was a video game that got to kind of react to your inputs and change a bit. Like you, that's the same with little... every Resident Evil. It's the ambient horror of it that gets into you. Yeah, like you're in a place, you're in this weird environment, and you can screw up in it and fail. Your character is just your avatar in this world, in the game. Right, and in Shattered Memories specifically, there were little quiz sections. Like there's the psychologist's office portion of the game where you're kind of answering questions, and it's actually impacting the look of the world and the way characters behave. Okay, which is really neat. Yeah, And seeing all of that input and stuff stripped away and just kind of put on a screen, like, it was really kind of a weird experience. Because, like, it seemed visually fine, the movie, Revelations. Like, it's like, this looks like that creepy amusement park. This looks like that. Yeah, like, visually, it didn't seem that bad, I guess. I guess I wasn't really paying attention to, like, the quality of the graphics or anything, but yeah, it seemed like, fine. I was, it was serviceable, for sure. Yeah. I was really paying attention to kind of the set direct decoration and stuff, and, like, some of the creature design, which I know we, we made fun of Spider-Mannequin or whatever. Or, what's his name? Uh, Arachnikin? 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 It was, like, Manarachnikin. Manarachnikin. Something whatever. like that. It was a it, spider made out of mannequin parts, basically. Mannequin parts. And it looked very CG, but at the same time, I kind of liked things they were doing there. Um, that one specific there. one was ridiculous looking, though. Okay, yeah, that's that's like kind of the conclusion to this. None of that means it's a scary movie, though. Like, it's yeah. just kind of like watching someone walk through a well-designed haunted house. Kind of. Or something, and and it, but like at no point are you there, so you don't care. Like it's like something jumps out at this boring character who's underwritten, in my opinion, probably deliberately in the video game because you, the player, fill in the blanks, right? Yeah. Like you're part of that character when you're playing a game. Whereas yeah. here, it's a film character, so you're just seeing a badly written half a person, and it just kind of is like, all right, I don't, I don't care. Like so, I just wasn't invested in anything that happened. Ever. And right. that kind of... So yeah, it was in a lot of ways. Like, it wasn't offensively bad to me. Like, you seem to have a pretty negative reaction. Yeah. Leaving the movie. Whereas I was just kind of like, yeah, that was that was about as bland and uninteresting as I thought. But it, it did a couple things, so okay. Like, it, it felt right. It was like... I didn't like that first movie very much either. So... How do you feel about the first one? Did, did you like it? I liked it a lot, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Whereas I thought... This one at least kept going on its roller coaster ride, like it just kept moving. Whereas that one, I felt slowed down a lot in weird parts, and I just didn't care. Which like, is exactly how Silent Hill goes. Oh, okay. Whereas I was just like, yeah, that this part is boring. Let's go to the haunted amusement park. Okay. And then there's at least weird bunnies and dudes in gas masks. The bunnies never really do anything, too, which is hilarious. They just look weird. It's they, yeah, okay. they're just decoration. It's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, They've, there's blood on them. That's not supposed to be. Ooh. The biggest issue they were facing is I was hoping it would be good because I like the third game. Um, okay. On, yeah. on paper, the idea behind one and three specifically are ridiculous. They're classic, weird, cultish horror. Mm -hmm. 
so like as a movie they're if not taken properly they will be ridiculous which is why i was a little nervous but still optimistic that the third one the one based on the third would be fine it just made me realize that yeah video game movies when they do a movie based on a video game what they have to do is look into the world that the video games created and kind of do their own separate thing in the realm of a film right for that world which is what the first one did like they did their homework on what was going on and they still try to incorporate parts of the game which is are the parts that made the first film feel really like corny in some parts like the whole thing with alessa at the end going into hell or whatever was happening even the part with pyramid head it all just seemed kind of weird especially like you should play the second game i should i i realize it gets so much talk so like so far past its release right like pyramid head specifically is kind of this iconic character now and i have no idea why. did you ever see did you ever see jacob's ladder yeah, yeah. Okay, so they do something kind of similar where the whole game is taking place in someone's head, and you're okay. slowly figuring that out in weird ways. Okay. Restless Dreams. I've never, I never played Restless Dreams. I never played that version. Oh, okay. I think it's more or less the same. That's all oh. I have, but we'll see. Cool. Um, but okay, yeah. Like Py- Pyramid Head, he's there. Do they kind of screw up what he's about in this okay. movie? Um, he was like a guardian. He was almost a good guy in this movie. In this movie. Um, I don't remember if he's even in the third game. I don't think he is. I'm pretty sure he's not. Basically, I don't really want to give out what happens in the second game, because that's the game he's prominent in. Okay, he, so we won't get he, into what he's about. What he, the basic thing, what he's about in the second game is he is a manifestation of James's mind sent to punish him in the real world. And he's an un. So he is more, he's more like a Hellraiser, Stenobite type thing where he's there to provide punishment. Right. There was kind of a Hellraiser vibe to parts of this movie too. Yeah. And there was also kind of some Freddy like dream stuff like i mean it's like oh no we're in the evil dimension and then everything just turns kind of gross looking well silent hill's always been like that too yeah like so like there's still like i guess fodder for a horror movie like i get why people keep trying to do this but they're just you're right like they're not looking at the list of things and choosing the right things that can be re-articulated in a movie. The problem is if they're trying to make a Silent Hill movie, they have to be more low-key and make it more of an ambient, weird thriller like Jacob's Ladder was. Or or they should go full out and make a monster movie. Right. Like, if they did it better, they could make kind of just a weird, unsettling nightmare escape like a David Lynch movie. Which is exactly what they should be doing if they want to go that direction. They have to go all out in one direction. That's not like a movie direction so no. the type of movie they're trying to make just isn't fit it's like we want this to be like a big horror tentpole late october let's do it and you're just like in all no. honesty they're there for a paycheck with this one yeah so like i still feel some creative people showed up like you know again with the art direction and stuff i actually did like that nurses scene it was kind of weird yeah you know like they're kind of clockwork people that respond to sound and they'll stab you. Like there were there were like little moments here and there throughout the movie that were like, yeah, all right, but and they're yeah. somewhat weirdly attractive. 
but like in a wrong way. Like they're totally. moaning and stuff seductively, but it's not supposed to be cool. Like because they're still rotting. But like, I'm was... totally into it. Okay. Maybe it's cool. just the idea of a woman without a face, and all she can do is moan instead of talk. That's, that's kind of all right. It's a little <laughs> weird, but I think that's what they were going for. So thumbs up to Silent Hill Revelations. I think the most important thing we have to say is Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell showed up, and I did not know that before, but as soon as it happened, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He is now dude that shows up in horror movies. He's that guy. A few grand or whatever he asks nowadays, I don't know. Yeah, no, he's totally that guy. Yeah, he was fine. He was totally, totally did his job. Um, there you go. Silent Hill Revelations. A rental, maybe? I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anyone pay full price to see it in a theater. Yeah, which we paid, like, Tuesday prices, but even then... It was still... Yeah. Um, I got that pretzel. I'm still gonna buy it. Really? Yeah. Part of the... Like, just... This is what movies and cinema... This is the weird meeting point where they do things together. No, because I could totally see myself one night just being like, what do you mean you haven't ever seen Silent Hill? Let's play the game and watch the movie right now with some random person. I could see it happening. Okay, so you want to induct them into the Silent Hill? Kind so, of. This is like this is how you do it right. Throw the game in about six or seven hours later. Wrong. This is how you do it wrong. Throw the movie in. Fair enough. Um, speaking of doing it wrong, no, okay. <laughs> I watched the season premiere of My Little Pony: Friendship's Magic, and it was amazing. No. Uh oh. Is but... there trouble in Ponyville for Nathan? There's been gradual trouble in Ponyville since Lauren Faust left, I think I have to admit to myself at some point. Okay, so what's the big deal now? Like, why is that a big deal that she left? I don't know anything about it, so... Well, like, I can't I, I can't really speak to whether or, like, to credit all this stuff to her, but, like, under her guidance, the first season really does a good job of fleshing out its characters and playing off the characters' personalities and making them interact in fun ways. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like about the show. I don't know if, like, I don't think I'm the only person where that's the case, but ever since season two, they they just seem to be getting more and more enamored with the fact that there is this older fan base, maybe? So, so they're putting in more weird in-jokes for older so people? In season two, yeah, th- that's where more in-jokes started happening. And it, I was kind of fine with it because it made it easier to explain to people. Like, it's just like, there's big Lebowski jokes. That's funny, right? And, you know, fine. That clockwork orange picture you showed me? Yeah, like, stuff that's vague enough that it might be a clockwork orange joke. I'm not sure. Like, there's, they're, they're getting a little, you know, mixed with their age groups or whatever, and that's that's fine. But even then, generally, they stuck to kind of more character-driven episodes with the exception of the premiere and the finale. Um, okay. And I think, yeah, maybe that's all I'm seeing right now. It's just like, every time they try to do a two-episode arc, I just don't like it very much. They've never done it in a way that focuses on the things I like. Mm-hmm. And this is the third time they've done that, I guess. Like, season one pre- opened with a two-parter. Mm-hmm. But for me, I felt like that almost worked because it's just introducing the characters and stuff. But it's it's still not my favorite episode. Um, but yeah, season two opens and closes with two parters, and then this one opens with one. So I guess it's their fourth one, technically. Um, and yeah, I don't know. They just kind of have a new villain. They have this new stuff they're they're having to deal with or whatever. But it all feels 
so much cornier and more what you'd expect from a Saturday morning cartoon show. It's so they're like, keeping it too there. safe now? Maybe. I don't know. They're just not hitting the right notes, at least not with this episode. Like, it's just like, hey, there's this giant wave of evil. He's not really a character. I thought you so, were going to say, not at least not with this pony, referring to yourself. Not with, yeah, me, the OC. <laughs> I haven't I haven't actually really finished doing that, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah, the the new villain they introduced I just thought was really boring and not interesting. Um, the two episode arc they just don't don't give any character like they they simplify all the characters to the point where they're just kind of basically cameos in the episode. They don't matter, and it's just too large scale. I don't like large scale. I don't want large scale dilemmas ever in this show. It's not what the show does well. Just focus on a small, funny, relatable thing. Right. It'll be way better. Like, yeah, just take something relatable, like analogous to human life, but put ponies in it, and it's immediately really silly and funny, and it also is relatable. Like, it's just like, what if a pony was a newspaper reporter? It's like, that doesn't happen. This is crazy. Cartoons. And then I have a good time. Whereas See, more than anything, I think I'm impressed at your ability, even though you were sucked up into this whole subculture and you love the show so much, to still be so objective about it. Oh, okay. So, I guess, first of all, I want to say that's pretty impressive to me. Okay. So, congratulations, I guess. Thanks, Paul. I don't know. I just know it's hard when you're into something a lot to see things objectively. So, to hear that you didn't really like this because of certain things that are actual things that are important to you is kind of amazing. Yeah. Because I thought you would just be like, yeah, it was the best because ponies. No, yeah, no. That, that's, like, there, there's certainly a contingent of the audience that will do, there's do that. There's probably too many know, of them. Even, okay, here's a, here's a, like, a minor anecdote that is really weirdly specific, but I think it, it shows that this episode, to me, didn't actually resonate with that many people. Um, just, this is just a theory. During the broadcast, apparently there was, I'm going to say, like, eight commercials for Gak, which is this gooey toy. Yeah, we had Gak growing up. Yeah, Gak is back, dude. Weird. Yeah, so they had this really annoying, silly commercial that played a bunch Mm -hmm. during the broadcast, which definitely reminded me of just watching TV as a kid and how weirdly repetitive the ads would get to the point where you get that they're just trying to trick you or something. Yeah. Like, specifically when they play the exact same ad, back-to-back. That happened once. Oh, weird. It's like, oh, man, yeah, I remember when they would do this. Because, like, they kind of just want to beat that song into your head, and your little kid brain doesn't know how sinister they're being. Well, it's the same way that Batman was no, 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 Batman, 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 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just repeated the whole time. Right, and this had this kind of annoying background song. It's just like gak 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 gak, and like the fan base, that was the thing they really made fun of after the episode broadcast. They made remixes and a bunch of goofy jokes and art and stuff. Yeah, and for me, that kind of was like, "Ha, that's funny." But then it also was like, "This is kind of a problem because this means the toy commercial was the thing people remembered most from this last hour," and. Right. They're not obviously that excited about any specific thing that happened in the show. So weird. But maybe they also promote it too much. I guess there was a lot of clips and stuff that were released beforehand of the premiere, so people might have gotten their excitement out a while ago, and I just wasn't paying attention. 
But, yeah, I don't know. It's I really hope that after this two-parter, like, that, like as typically happens, they start focusing on more important, like, just more interesting stuff and develop stuff, and it all works out fine. But I guess I won't know until next week. But yeah, I'm gonna say I was pretty pretty cool on the premiere. It was it was kind of a bummer. Um, that's too bad. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think if I could like how I felt about last night's Walking Dead. How, how did you feel about it? I didn't really care about it. Like you just didn't do much for you. Nothing in it was really that exciting to me. I mean. The yeah, group, the back. group is still trying to deal with the fact that they have a baby. Rick, mm-hmm. Rick has gone feral. Yeah. And the other two are dealing with, should I stay here or should we not? And Michonne's like, nah. And the other one's like, all right. Yeah. And I, I guess I kind of, maybe this is the first time where there was a little more to Michonne that I was into. Okay. Maybe. Like her kind of snooping around kind of made sense and paid off. And I think she's, like, I like how independent she became again, you know? I do like the fact that she actually walked out. Yeah, because, like, Andrea is annoying. Yeah. And that she was able to just look her in the face, just like, all right, whatever. You know, like, you are wrong, and I'm not going to let that kill me, so I'm going to It shows that her. she's an actual character. Yeah. Like yeah. She, yeah, I, I, I was actually into that moment specifically. I thought it really ended on just a non-note, which was weird. Like, when it ended, I With was With the like, fighting arena thing? No, the fighting arena was just kind of silly Michael Worker time for me, so I was okay with that. Okay. Um, it wasn't. It was kind of goofy though, but whatever. Well, it was um, stupid, but, but yeah. No, like the last scene, like uh, it's just like, you know, oh, okay, right. Oh, the phone. The f- and then yeah, phone rings. He picks up the phone, and then I guess we're all supposed to be like, oh, oh. Who's I, yeah, I don't really care. Like they didn't tease anything. Like I wish there was like a drop of dialogue or something to be just like, oh wait, who is that? Is that who I think it is? And then stop or something. It like just, if it was a woman, just like it's me or something. Right. Like it was half a scene, really. And we don't get to see the other half until next week. So I was just kind of like, oh, that was a non-note. That was just boring. So I shouldn't probably care about it. Yeah. Until I, they develop that more next next week. So yeah. uh, It was the first time, though, I've, I'd watched Talking Dead afterwards. And I like Talking Dead. Dead. Oh, okay. It's okay. Uh, What's wrong Talking with Dead, it? Yeah, no, no, it was it was fine. It was basically like a podcast, like recap, just a little interview with some people that were related to the thing. Well, it's Chris Hardwick talking to random people. Yeah, and just um, being and basically saying, "Oh my god, that was amazing! What's going to happen?" And they're like, "We can't tell you." They're like, uh, "He's like, all right, let's get Twitter questions." Yeah, like he seems really hyped up to the point where, like, is he really this excited? Well, to be fair, Chris Hardwick has always been like that. Oh, okay. Which is why he's really good at just talking about nerdy stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely seemed pretty amped about everything, but in a way that felt at least somewhat genuine, so it was. I think it probably is. He is considered the nerdist online. That's his name online, so. Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, that's him. He was also the tech corner guy on Attack of the Show for the longest time, did some random stuff on G4. Like, he's been around for a while. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, and then after that, I watched uh, my first ever episode of Comic Book Men. I like that show. I haven't seen any of the season yet, though, because you can't download them, and I don't have TV. Okay. Um, that is almost all, all a podcast. It's weird. It is. It's um. 
it's like half podcast. It's Walt Flanagan. It's the Tell Him Steve Days. Tell tell Him Steve Dave guys along with Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. And it is Antiques Roadshow for comic books and comic book paraphernalia while they do a podcast. Yeah, like they talk about the stuff that you see them doing in the interstitial bits. And like having been watching a weird amount of Storage Wars and stuff like that, um, it kind of fits in that zone. Alright, so I didn't put this on the list, but I had a backlog of about 16 Storage Wars Texas episodes. Oh, man. So totally watched that. All of them? Yeah, well, I mean... It so just flows, right? It's so it, weird. It does, like, when I first started getting into you, Storage Wars... Hmm? Yeah. You can see the formula, like, it's so bare. It's obvious how they're pulling you back in. Yeah. But still, it works. It's dumb. Like, you're making fun of it as you're watching 16 episodes. Well, the way I got into Storage Wars to begin with is that the second season was about to start, and because of that, they had a 24-hour marathon. Oh, man. And I literally just sat there on a Sunday and watched eight hours of it straight. <laughs> it's, it's, it's deviously good, in a way. It's weird. Yeah. I really like the giant bomb guys. After that happened and I got balls deep into it, Jeff started talking about it and I was like, me and Jeff share this. Like, this is our thing now. About Texas? I actually kind of like Texas. I don't like Texas very much at all. Oh, okay. I I like Victor a lot. See, (laughs) okay. I didn't like Texas very much at all. As soon as they got rid of Lisa or whatever, I started liking it more. Oh, I didn't realize they axed a character at some point. Yeah, the, a, a person, I guess, ostensibly, because this is a reality show. Yeah, the person yeah. is that um old haggish type looking woman. Uh, vague, vague. I think I know who you're talking about. They got rid of her, and she had her um bl- big black friend, coworker okay. guy. Yeah. So they got rid of her, and they have this cute little blonde thing on now. So, because you know, yeah. Um, but anyways, the reason why I like it now is because Victor has become a straight-out villain now. Oh, yeah. Whereas before he was just kind of a douchebag, now he's a villain. Like, he's he, the guy up in the bids and being messing with people? I mean, that, and he is literally just Wormtongue. Like, he okay. was... In one episode, he's like, I hate to admit it, but Ricky and Bubba, they're my biggest competition. So he yeah. goes up to Bubba, he's like, what's it like being Ricky's partner? How much does he pay you? Or something. And then, oh, or right. not partner, it's not lackey or to, something. Like, them against each other. But it worked because in three episodes after that, they started fighting a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird because he's literally a villain now. Yeah, he's a villainous dude. And <sighs> the first episode where they introduce this new chick, he's like hitting on her and stuff, and he's just being really creepy. <laughs> yep. It's just, I just, I love how weird. they do the act break like almost every single time. It's like, oh it's my like, god! <laughs> like, yeah, open a box or something, just like, whoa, what's this? Cut. Yeah. Like, oh no, I gotta see what's up next! And, yeah. And then they, then like, as soon as the one episode's ending, they tease you with the next one and give you enough information about what's gonna happen to where you're like, what? Is that diamonds? What is that? And then you just have to see what happens. Yeah. You have to see. Yeah. Anyway, so Comic Book Man has part of that. Um, one thing, though, Walt Flanagan's just a dick. Yes. Like, He's I only saw like one episode, and I immediately hated that guy. Okay. Like, it's just like, if I ever, like, I would just never shop at his store. I'd be so angry all the time. Like, it's just like, he's just tw- bending prices and, like, putting you over barrels for stuff that you like. And it's just like, 
Okay, maybe in the show. I listen to the podcast that they do. Hit oh, okay. uh, Brian and another Brian that they just call Q. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's hilarious in that because he's the one that's always... He is, like, the conservative guy. Like, uh-huh. the one Brian will be saying something and then he'll just be bad-mouthing him because they've been friends for years. Oh, okay. Like, in that sort of thing, the dynamic they have going, it's kind of like an old married couple. And that's... Oh, so there's, like, a pretty established dynamic of rapport and stuff. That yeah, like, Walt is definitely the one that... The loudmouth that can be a jerk. Okay. But was that... Like, I was more just, like, how he was treating customers, kind of, was just, like... He bilked this dude out of uh, Star Wars Laserdisc was, like, a thing. Okay, I, I don't know anything that about this. sucks, dude. That's the worst. He just, like, ruined that guy's set and also just, like, was being all nerd superior with his Star Wars trivia. That's kind of gross, yeah. I was just I was just immediately annoyed. Like, in a way that's, like, not, you know, I'm sure he has, a, like, a function in that show's cast of characters or whatever. Well, he's the like, owner of the shop. Yeah, but I was just like, man, I was just, I, I would not enjoy buying stuff from that dude at convention like he seems like the kind of dude that would kind of know enough about how to play the prices and stuff to make me feel like i just got rid off but not realize it right away or something i don't know yeah stores man managers stores stores but yeah uh, it was it was okay it was like half an hour of thing that was was fine but yeah walking dead this episode wasn't very good yeah i guess yeah at the end of it all like you know, there was zombie body count and whatever, but it was still just like, all right, that stuff happened, I guess, but not really. I'm so. really not that interested in this season so far. It has some neat things going on, but they they fail to capitalize on any of it yet. It doesn't seem... Besides like, the Lori thing. Anywhere interesting, maybe? Like, I'm trying to think, like, there's been kind of things that have happened over the course of it that I liked, but it doesn't seem to, like, I don't know if I care about where this is all headed, you know? Like, it's just like, oh, well, Governor... Season 2, the introduction of Herschel and his family really changed up the dynamic, and that felt good. Yeah, I kind of liked what 2 did. I like what 2 did a lot, and I don't know what the point of 3 is so far, because they haven't capitalized on anything. the split attention like it's like i think just, maybe yeah we were just focusing on the farm that would be more or like on the prison rather that would be more compelling than hey five minutes here five minutes over here or if we were just focusing on the town or the prison one of the two focus and, on one thing and really sink in and then different stuff can be happening to each character in that place that's fine but like right. focus your attention properly it's kind of like when later in Lost they started doing split attention stuff, and that definitely kind of started sabotaging what I liked about that show. Right. Because like you're less like I'm trapped on this island with this these people. It's more just like no, whatever. This is happening ten years ago. This is happening in the other place. And you're just like what? Whoa! It just doesn't work. Also, I guess it also, as all shows do, has the thing where like you're spending time with characters you don't care about. Andrew is not good. Andrea sucks. I just don't like spending time with her. So if you I, I like, I like some of the development they were giving her at the end of the second season, where she went from this suicide case that should have been on watch to an actual strong character and woman in general, and now she's just kind of not doing. But anything. Maggie's better at that. Maggie is a hundred percent better. She is much so, better at that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I hope she's next on the list. You know. What's that? 
next on the list of people to get rid of because they've been axing characters. So I would still like to see Rick gone. Really? That would like, that would give such oh, like, a weird feel to that show. That I would show res- and- I would respect them in ways I haven't respected a TV series in a long time. If it's willing to shake up that thoroughly, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's a start that that he's crazy now, though. Yeah, he's pretty angry. Like he broke down the way he was before. Maybe. Well, I guess you haven't really. He kind of attacks Glenn, but he doesn't like kill him. So I guess we can't say that yet. Right. Just kind of letting off some steam, cutting some zombie heads off. Mm -hmm. And everyone assuming Carol's dead. Like what? That's silly. Yeah. What the hell happened to her? She just, like, T-Bone did his safer move, and then she ran off into the hallways. So, she's probably hiding somewhere, I don't know. Stupid bitch. Yeah. I hope she is dead. We kind of both, like, Brittany and I noticed, like, it was kind of weird. Yesterday was literally November 11th, and there is a scene where he puts a white poppy on a grave. Yeah. In the episode. It's just like, is this conscious? Is this trying to be, like, uh, consistent death or something? I don't know. Think about it. Maybe. I don't know. Do you think they're that devious? I don't know. Maybe. Activision is. So yeah, I guess we should say that Remembrance Day happened yesterday from this recording. I guess, yeah. Did you spend your one minute not saying anything? I was sleeping, so yes. Me too. Nice. Yeah. So we remembered. We did. We totally did. And Thai food's pretty good. That's the thought we're going to leave you with. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this. Sweet and spicy. Yeah, yeah. But, like, spicy in a way I enjoy more than... It's a tangy, tasteful spicy, not just there for heat. Yeah, it, like, kind of... You can still appreciate the variety of flavors that are happening before it, like, it doesn't just burn your mouth to the point where it's just like, (laughs) I don't know if this is good or not. It's just, like, hot wings or something. Yeah. It's it's got got more nuance. To it, so yeah, try, try out some Thai food. Um, maybe play some Demon Souls game of the week. I don't know, dude. Are we, we doing do like media of the week? We don't do that on this one, dude. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, is that a thing we're doing now? We don't need to do that, but I'm gonna say Skyfall was pretty cool, and Plague Incorporated continues to be cool. I'm gonna say Hotline Miami then. Cool, thanks, man. That's a good game. But, Thanks, you know, it's the best thing I've done all weekend. Yeah, patches though, man. Hopefully they fix that thing. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alright, cool. So, Thanks for joining us. As always, facebook.com slash response. Email address is podcast at pixel-response.com. Twitter is pixel underscore response. On Stitcher, just search pixel response. Probably don't do that yet because I'm changing feeds. If you want to subscribe to the show now, it's http colon slash slash pixel-response.com slash feed. That should feed you all the podcast content, not just this one, so there you go. And as always, pixel-response.com for more. Right, and do we want to kind of highlight our indie series now, since it's on? Yeah, uh, it's actually going to be bi-monthly, so twice a month. Mainly okay. because of getting together with people, schedules, and making sure everything's up and running. Oh, it okay. takes a bit more time because it's not just you and me sitting down talking. We have to schedule basically appointments with other with indie developers. And when there's a drought, like we're just going to be stuck. Oh, OK. 
because I can guarantee around Christmas there will be a drought with people spending time with families or crunching to get games out or whatever the hell they're doing. They're just not going to talk to us probably till January. Oh, okay. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. So yeah. that's where the backlog's coming on. Yeah, so Indie Talks. Indie Talks. First one with Miguel Sternberg is up. So listen to that. He is behind uh, They Bleed Pixels? They Bleed Pixels, yeah. Uh, Spooky Squid. So check that out. Yeah, basically... Okay, so you go on... I forget what it is here. I'm just making sure. It's pixel-response.com slash feed. And automatically, if you set that up in your feed reader, either on your browser or on your phone through an app or whatever... You will get the Pixel Response podcast that you're listening to right now. You'll get Retro Kill Screen, Indie Talks, and the new series we have, the Gender Politics and Media Breaking Balls, coming soon. Yeah. That's only going to be monthly, though, because that takes some thought behind it and getting people together. Okay, so it's like a special. Yeah, that's basically a monthly special. So Monday, you're going to get Retro Kill Screen every Monday. Every Thursday, you're going to get this, the Pixel Response Podcast. And every second Tuesday, you're going to get Indie Talks with a new indie developer. So, yeah, go ahead and plug that in and set that to download overnight so you can listen to us at work and whatnot. Those are a bit shorter. So if you're like, man, these guys, they're so narcissistic, they just keep going. That one's different. Yeah, and there is a reason behind that. It's because we know we talk too much. Yeah. And it's almost like an exercise for us. Therapeutic. It yeah. kind of is. Not having I just to... want to get these thoughts out, man. Yeah, it makes you go faster. It makes you blur things out more. Like, we're still talking even though we ended the show here. Yeah, we should have <laughs> ended, but we're not ending. Because that's how much we want to talk to so, you. So, 24-hour podcast. That would be right easy. Now. Like, I was listening through that. It's like, oh, man, talk for 24 hours? Done. No, see, talking for 24 hours, hard. Talking for oh, 24 okay. hours with 24 different guests, so easy. So easy. Because you have different stuff to talk about with every single person. They had all three Idle Thumb guys on there, and they weren't able to even talk to Chris half the time. They kept talking about Walking Dead stuff. That's ridiculous. Right? They could have filled, like, 20 hours with Chris Remo alone. That dude can talk. I know, it's weird. He wasn't talking very much at all. It was mostly Jake, from what I remember. Was he just really tired? Like, was it 3 in the morning? No, I think it was maybe around 10 at night or 11 at night. It was okay. kind heard, of like... I heard some Drew Scanlon, but... Drew Scanlon is great in that. He had a great story. That was a great anecdote. So, yeah. Okay, so you did, you did listen to that one. Yeah, I've, I've listened to some of that. And Jeff Green and um, Jeff Gersman and them, they talked about the whole problem with game journalism and... Dorito Gate oh. and all that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I do kind of go, go through the highlights of that. Yeah. But, yeah. You should listen um, to so Jeff yeah, Green's Check talk. out test.com, Octobercast. Um, Octobercast, 24 hours, 12 episodes, 2 hours each. Right. So, you know. We still have to do that podcast about podcasts. I, I know. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, too, but that, that would be its own hour and a half easy. So, let's let's not do that. No. Uh, let's actually leave. Let's yeah. actually go. We'll see you guys next week. Thank, thanks for joining us. Pixel Response. Uh, party on? That's a, that's our catchphrase, right? Party on? It is now. See you guys. Oh, okay, yeah. TM. It's ours. That. Air guitar after, maybe. For sure. We invented that, too. Bill and Ted reference. <laughs>
Tschüss. Ciao.